When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Angst. Everybody has angst. My, my wife, uh, I'll, I'll leave that at home. <laughs> she said if I draft another corner, though, we might don't come home. She goes, you can just stay at the office, although there's some pretty good corners we like in the first round. Football. Gentlemen and Lindsey Brown, it has arrived. The NFL Draft. I already forgot to turn Matthew Collar's microphone on, so we're off to a great start here <laughs> on the live draft special edition of Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Robbie Maklov, Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Lindsey Brown on the board. We have 17 minutes until the Arizona Cardinals are officially on the clock. Um, and the Vikings probably sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to be live all night long. Phone lines will be open throughout the night as well. 651-646-8255. ScoreNorth.com, ScoreNorth mobile app, AM 1500, and also live video streaming on the ScoreNorth Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch accounts. That's S-K-O-R North. And just to throw this out, was it Albert Breer who had the tweet about 10 or 15 minutes ago, or maybe longer ago than that? Watch out for the New England Patriots to potentially be interested in Kyle Rudolph in the next 48 hours. We've been talking about it a little bit for the last couple of weeks since Rob Gronkowski retired. It just makes so much sense. The Vikings need to create cap space. It seems clear that Kyle Rudolph is not interested in a restructure unless it's going to go along with whatever he wants for a long-term extension potentially. And if the Vikings aren't willing to give him that and are interested in the tight ends here, then it just makes so much sense for the Patriots to want to still be loading up on veteran players as long as Tom Brady can still be good at the football. So you don't think he's open to a restructure because he's said twice now, hey, I'd be stupid not to be open to a restructure. Well, I I think if you're Kyle Rudolph, you're just in a very good position for yourself to make a lot of money in the future. So if you're thinking more about the long term and hitting free agency, not wanting to sign some sort of extension to lower your cap hit, then you're going to say that because what would be your other option? Hey, would you take a restructure? 
Heck no. Like, well, he of could course do the, you're not he could say do that. the old that's between my agent and the Vikings. Yeah, yeah uh, he, could, he could do that. That's true. Uh, I, I think that the Vikings didn't forget to potentially restructure him. They are about as impressive as it comes when it, uh, dealing with the cap. Yeah, that would be weird so, if it just never occurred to him. They thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Rob, did you think of this? You know, that's a great point. Why didn't we think of that? They, they, have, they, uh, read, the, they read the quotes. They're like, how come we didn't think yeah, of that? He's, I, he's totally open to it, guys. They have overthecap.com, I think. At TCO Performance Center, so they thought of it. But you know, when you look at what Jimmy Graham made from the Green Bay Packers, Jimmy Graham, who was washed up, and all the signs were there that he wasn't the same Jimmy Graham as he was in New Orleans, and he still got a huge payday. If you're Kyle Rudolph, you're looking at your free agency as another chance to get that last big contract from some team on the free agent market. I would not blame him at all if that was his approach. And if you're the Vikings, I also wouldn't blame them if they wanted to say, all right, well, if you're not going to stay with us for a long term or you're not going to sign the contract extension to lower your cap hit for this year, then we got to make a move. And there are some really darn good tight ends in this draft. But what if they didn't approach him because of that? Well, that's possible, and, too. And they yeah. basically said, if we get to a position where the cap has become such an issue that we have to do something, a bailout is trading him. Right. And right. so you don't go to him because you're not going to, you're either going to keep him on his current contract or trade him, and team like the Patriots would just take that contract. Right, and that might be the gap in information there, is that they haven't approached him because they don't have to pay these guys tonight. When you draft your first-round pick, you don't sign the contract right now, and maybe they wanted to wait and see how it played out. It has sounded like, from what Doogie said, and also just common sense, that TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant are guys to watch the Vikings connected with because Kyle Rudolph has his limitations. They've always, I think, wanted this stretch-the-field tight end, but all their attempts to find them have come up short. Drafting them in the fifth and sixth round doesn't generally work. They were hoping to find some miracle gem in Bucky Hodges and Michael Pruitt. It, It didn't work out. Clearly, but they've that just shows, and the fact that they chased Jared Cook last year in free agency, it shows that they have been interested in this in a long time, and this might just be the draft that has the type of caliber of players of tight end that they could make a move to uh, trade Kyle Rudolph. What makes this, not just the first round, but the next three days for the Vikings, what makes this a, a, a home run draft for them? Let's start, let's start with Judd, Rami, Kyle, we'll go around the room here. A home run draft and an absolute whiff draft. Like, what are the... Ends of that spectrum for you guys. The end of the spectrum that would make it a complete whiff draft is almost impossible to achieve because they, they would have to go absolutely crazy. A and punter just, in the second round. Yeah, and just do stupid <laughs> things. We'll take a kicker, and then we'll take a punter, and then we'll take um, a safety or something. So I don't think it's possible for them to have a complete whiff and be terrible unless things just go wrong. And if things go wrong, we're not going to know that for four years or three years. Uh, I would say what makes this right now a very good draft is if the pieces fall to them like I think they're going to. There's unknowns here. There's unknowns about quarterbacks. But when you do the mocks, you do see that that offensive line-wise, we usually can get them to a place where there's some pretty good talent falling to them. So I think if they go about this logically, and and this is not the quarterback draft that Ponder went in, was the musical QB draft that got to be a problem because teams were desperate and just taking one. I think that there's enough O-line help in this draft that you're not going to completely whiff. And so I would say what would make this a good draft is if you logically go about this and at 18 or go up a little bit or back a little bit and get an O-lineman who can help you on the left side.
Yeah, we won't know if it's a, a good draft or a bad draft or a home run or a strikeout for, for years. But as far as the reaction tonight and how you're going to feel about what the Vikings did, like Judd said, the only way that they whiffed is if the first three picks, they don't use any of them on offensive linemen. That would be a complete and total whiff. I want them to go offensive line early. I think most people within the sound of our voice would think it makes sense for them to go offensive line early. But I'd understand if there was a Pro Bowl caliber player on the board, like Rick Spielman said, in the first round, and he goes and gets them because it's at a position that is is a premium position in the NFL. If there's a pass rusher who's a Pro Bowl caliber player, it's hard to pass up on that. If there's a defensive tackle who fits your system perfectly, who's a Pro Bowl caliber player, it's hard to pass up on that. So I would understand. I might not agree with it, but I understand. The only way that this is a whiff is if you don't spend any of your top three or four picks on an offensive lineman. Home run to me, I said this earlier, trade back. I think that there there are offensive linemen who will be there late first, early second round that you can trade back, still get, who will upgrade that position for you and give you more picks and more cracks at, at getting it right later. So as far as tonight goes, there's about 10 different scenarios that could be really good and only a couple of them that could be bad. And even under the category of good scenarios is drafting a cornerback. That does exist as a good scenario in my mind if you end up trading Trey Wayans, getting extra picks, drafting a top cornerback, and then spending one of those, if not two of those, second round or third round picks on the offensive line. It really, for me, this Vikings draft is bunched into the first three rounds and then everything else, which you might say a lot, but in this situation in particular, there will be offensive linemen there in the second round, as Rami said. There will be potentially playmakers there in the third round. So in the first, I think they could take whatever player they believe is the best guy on the board at that moment, and that will still be a win. So we can look at this as a first round. Here's how you win. Get a good player. But as a three-round collection, you have to make Kirk Cousins better with the first three picks. Probably right away, at very least, getting some uh, left guard or tackle that's going to be able to be plugged in right away. But I have to walk away from the first three rounds saying, Kirk Cousins got more help around him with this draft. And I would be fine if that help specifically for Cousins with offensive line came in the second or the third rounds. Because we went through this, I think it was on yesterday's Mackie and Judd with Rami that there's been a couple times in Vikings history, two very notable times. We're going into the 1998 draft. If you would have said, hey, what'd you feel about uh, the Vikings taking a a wide receiver in the first round? And you would have said, well, wait a second, wait a second. They have Chris Carter and Jake Reed already. Taking a wide receiver would be foolish. But then Randy Moss pops up and he's available and he falls and you're foolish to not take the best player on the board. In, In 2007, the Vikings had a starting 1,000-yard running back in his prime in Chester Taylor. Hey, going into the draft, did the Vikings need a running back? No, but Adrian Peterson is sitting there, and it would be foolish not to pick a future Pro Bowl slash Hall of Fame caliber player. So in the first round, I think it's a home run if you just take the best player on the board. In the first three rounds, I'm with Collar, and, and all of us, I think, agree. Like You've got to do offensive line things in the first three rounds but I don't think it has to be in the first round. Well, and and the the offensive line dynamic is really interesting because for a long time, I thought, 
you know, Jonah Williams might drop because he has short arms and the NFL is famous for finding ridiculous ways to have good players drop in the NFL draft. But as we've gotten closer and closer and you pay attention to the guys who are dialed in around the league, Daniel Jeremiah and you know the NFL.com and NFL Network people and the reporting that goes on and the boards get adjusted from the Mel Kuypers at the last moment, it feels more and more like these tackles are going to get taken early. And the the Vikings would have been sitting there hoping for an Andre Dillard, hoping for a Juwan Taylor, hoping for a Jonah Williams. But now it's like some of these guys that were sort of the the hot thing out of the combine, maybe a DK Metcalf, maybe he drops because people look at him as more of a combine hero and all the rest was just noise coming out of the combine because he's such a freak. Or these quarterbacks, everyone's been trying to pump up their quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, these guys are top picks. I remember this happening with someone like uh, Jimmy Clausen. Oh, this guy, he's the top pick in the draft. Yeah. He's a second rounder. As a Notre Dame guy, right? I, was, I was all in on Jimmy Clausen there. So, but, but, but that happens all the yeah. time Brady where Quinn quarterbacks too. get hyped up. Oof. And I think these teams, a lot of them will ultimately go safe and take the tackles. And the Vikings could be left in a position where those top tackles are gone. And then you're looking at, okay, guards in the second or centers in the second. And just running a draft simulation as oh, we speak. Oh, wow. Hold on. Of wait, wait, wait. Yep. Wait, Go say ahead. that again? Just running a draft simulation here as we speak. Football! Football, yeah! yeah! Matthew's live simming right now with five minutes to go until but, the draft. But, here, but here's be careful, the, don't get burned. But here's the scenario: Dillard goes off the board, Williams off the board, Garrett Bradbury off the board. Now you're left without one of the top picks, except for Cody Ford. But Noah Fant is there. But Marquise Brown is there. But Montez Sweat is there. But Greedy Williams is there. These are really good prospects. Jeffrey Simmons is there. Really, really good prospects. If the Vikings come away with one of those guys in the scenario that the tackles go, I I think that they could definitely get a quality guard in the second round so they can win tonight with a lot of different directions. They don't necessarily have to get that tackle or they lose tonight. I, I it, if that guy's not there, though, so if, if Collar's draft sim happens in real life, I think that's when, when you got to consider that if you've got that core group of still good players there who they might not necessarily need one desperately right now, that's where they bail backwards, they trade backwards, and go from 8 to at least 10 picks. Because Spielman, we all know that. That's his ma- his magic draft number is 10 picks, right? So I could see that if the tackles are gone and, they, and the 18th pick comes up, I could easily see them willingly going back in, in the first round a little bit, getting up to 10 picks then, and addressing it from there. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special here on Score North, scorenorth.com. Get that Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android. And give us a five-star rating. Leave your comments. Subscribe to your favorite podcast. We're also streaming live at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Those are all at Score North, S-K-O-R North. We'll hit a quick break. By the time we get back, the Cardinals should be on the clock with the first pick in the NFL draft. And we got this thing covered for you wall to wall right after this. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Welcome back in. Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and we are live on Score North on 1500. If you haven't had a chance to download our Score North mobile app yet, Tonight is a great time to do so. You can find it in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. It's a one-stop shop for live Score North programming, all of our podcasts, 
and also written content from a couple guys in this room, Collar and Judd Zilgad, all things Vikings. Uh, you're not going to find better Vikings coverage anywhere in the Twin Cities than right here at Score North and scorenorth.com. And this is our Purple Daily live draft special. We're here all the way through the night. The Vikings are going to pick, I don't know, a couple hours, two and a half hours from now. And so uh, we're hanging out with you on all of our platforms, including if you want to watch our ugly radio faces in studio, uh, we've got the live video stream fired up right now on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, all of them at Score North. And we've even pulled in a handy-dandy Twitter feed from NFL and Vikings people uh, that you can find just scrolling up and down the right-hand side of the screen here. So uh, I believe, are the Arizona Cardinals, they're showing a montage right now on NFL Network, so mm-hmm. they're not officially on the clock, but pretty soon here, the Arizona Cardinals will be on the clock. Are you guys seeing any one way or the other Kyler Murray speculation in your not. timelines? Earlier today, Schefter said it's basically a done deal with Kyler Murray. And I, I think if he's putting that out there, like he didn't tweet that to make it officially, officially, official, but people who are watching TV were talking about how Adam Schefter was saying that Murray is going to be their guy. And you know, all of the smoke screens, all of the reports, the ones that came out today, that they were still considering three guys. I think this decision was made a very long time ago. I think this decision was made in a room where Cliff Kingsbury was interviewing to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and said, here's my plan with Kyler Murray in it. Do you like it? If so, hire me. And since that moment, Kyler Murray has been the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is when it was put in motion, and the rest has just been classic draft stuff. What's the thought on on this? The quarterback position is evolving again now. And it used to be, I take a team that's got a good young QB potentially. I develop said QB because your team drafted him and now I'm your coach. It's almost getting to be like a boutique stylish thing where I get the job, but I pick a QB. And I don't care if you've got a QB and you like him, I need my QB. And I don't know if it it feels like it's an extension of the Mahomes-Reed relationship in Kansas City. But now it's almost as if, well, if I'm going to take the job and I'm an offensive guy, I'm not taking your QB. He might be good, but you're trading him because now I need my designer QB. It seems like we're taking another step here. And I don't know if this is smart or not, but it's certainly intriguing to me. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals and I'm that front office that just a year ago traded up to number 10 to get Josh Rosen and really did not put him in a position where I could fairly evaluate him in the first season. They clearly decided the head coach they hired was the wrong guy after one year, so he didn't have that going for him. Has no supporting cast, no offensive line around him. So you couldn't, again, fairly evaluate Josh Rosen this season. I have to still be sold on what I believed a year ago, the thing that made me trade up to number 10 to get this guy. And so when Cliff Kingsbury walks into my office for an interview and says, Guys, I want this job, and here's the plan. We're drafting Kyler Murray. I stand up, I put a hand out to shake it and say, thanks for your time, Cliff. It's been real. We're going to talk to some other people. We'll get back to you. There's no way a year after I did that that I could not believe in Josh Rosen enough that I want to go and get Kyler Murray. And like Judd just said, they're doing it backwards. You have the quarterback who you just believed in a year ago. Go get the coach you think can get the most out of him instead of bailing on this thing after just one season. 
without giving him any chance to succeed and going and, and trading for or drafting Kyler Murray. It makes no sense to me. See, if, if I were in Arizona's shoes, I wouldn't worry about the sunk cost into Josh Rosen because I never saw Kyler Murray coming. Uh, Kyler Murray is a one-year starter at Oklahoma because he was behind Baker Mayfield. So at the time that I picked him, I didn't see anyone in that future that I wanted to get. And then all of a sudden he was there and... He's magical. He's different than Josh Rosen. I like Josh Rosen a lot, but this is a guy who could run for 1,000 yards in college and throw for 5,000 yards and throw for 50 touchdowns and do incredible, incredible things that even topped in a lot of ways what Baker Mayfield was able to do at Oklahoma, and Mayfield looks like he transitioned really nicely. You're talking about a really impressive prospect, and I think you only do it if it's someone who's a game-changer, where Kyler Murray has the skill set that really fits with a lot of the most successful quarterbacks, being able to run around and make plays with his legs, as well as having a better arm than Josh Rosen, too. And if you have a coach that says, this is how I can use this guy to a T to have one of the best offenses in the league, I think I understand where they're coming from, even if Cliff Kingsbury is a little in over his skis to start as a head coach. See, this would be a perfect time. I don't know if it's going to take a first or a second round pick, but if it's anything less than a first round pick and you have wanted a franchise quarterback or a shot at one the last two years, the minute Kyler Murray goes to the Arizona Cardinals, I'm on the phone and I'm starting with a fourth round pick just to see if I can get Josh Rosen. Yeah, because there's I mean. I know that there's some apples to oranges example, but there's so many rookie quarterbacks that look like Josh Rosen did in even better situations, right? Well, how about, I mean, just all of them recently. I mean, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz wasn't good. Mitch Trubisky, his first year, wasn't good. And they mm-hmm. were all playing for mostly bad offenses, and then their teams went all in. So if you're the New York Giants, you're the Los Angeles Chargers, if, if you're going to need a quarterback this year or in the future, Washington goes into this category, too. You should absolutely be on the phone. But I think to your point, I think that they put it out there, the third round pick at some point to get a bunch of phone calls and then try to get somebody a little higher, try to get a little higher and start some sort of bidding war. But the fact that that was out there weeks ago makes me think that people have been calling and what they've been trying to say is, oh, we don't know anything about these phone calls you're talking about, but that tonight will be after they pick him. They'll just go with the highest bidder from the last few weeks of people who have been calling. Can you wait too? Because if if you can if you play this entire thing out and the egos don't completely destroy you, which they probably wouldn't, and you take this into training camp, you could have a team get desperate. The Vikings, Teddy goes down. Guess what? Now you got a team that said absolutely first round pick. We'll do it. Josh Rosen doesn't seem like the type of dude that would like go through training camp with. Uh... You know, with a all right, a good attitude about being a backup quarterback. That might know. be they might have to unload early on Josh Rosen. They didn't talk about him being a backup, but I don't know if you guys saw the interview with him last week. I think it was on NFL Network. Josh Rosen has like great perspective on this whole situation. He knows unless, like you said, Phil, this is all espionage and misinformation to throw us off their scent. He he knows what's going on. He's fully aware of it, and he says he understands why the Cardinals are doing it. He can only control what he can control. Now, once you get in the same room with Kyler Murray and you're in the same camp competing for snaps or whatever the case might be, that could very well and very easily change. But right now, he seems to have a really straight head on his shoulders about the whole situation, and i got to be honest, I don't know if I could if I was Josh Rosen. So who is the first team tonight early on who does something either off the board or just flat-out stupid? 
I mean, it could be the Cardinals if off the board means not Kyler Murray. So it could literally be out yeah, of the game. No, but I'm thinking more. I, I saw a report a couple of days ago that Daniel Snyder, not surprisingly, has hijacked the Washington draft room. <laughs> no. And is, go- and is bound and determined to get into the top 10. And the last time th- that he did this, they took Griffin and they traded that basically, what, five picks or something to the Rams. And so there is a real thought process that Daniel Snyder has decided he he's in charge. And if that happens there, th- that could be absolutely glorious because you have no idea what that man will do. Yeah, and the fact that there are a few people making decisions here who are crazy makes it more fun. I mean, Dave Gettleman, I have no <laughs> idea what Gettleman. he's doing. I he mean, doesn't tra- know either. Like trading away Olivier Vernon and yep. uh, Odell Beckham, nobody would have seen that coming. And who would be surprised if they take the most ridiculous quarterback, the highest, like Daniel Jones, which would be stunning to me because he strikes me as kind of a guy who has the ceiling of the 23rd best quarterback in the NFL. It would be very shocking if they... Uh, decided to do that, but it's the New York Giants. So nothing is shocking. And the same with the Oakland Raiders. Three picks. I think your wild card here, though, for something to be really surprising, is Green Bay. Because they're not as predictable as they used to be after they just spent a bunch of money in free agency, and they have two first-round picks. I wouldn't be surprised if they surprise us with some unique type of move. But dumb? Or see, I I oh, could I see know, them yeah, being I don't smart. Know about, I don't know about I'm dumb, saying, but something the, that throws off the whole board. The Giants could do something incredibly stupid. <laughs> uh, we, we're getting some comments here, by the way. If you want to follow our live video stream, Twitch is a great place to to just send us comments. We're also all following along on Twitter here. Lenny Boy eighty says, "I love Collar's Simpsons references. Please shoehorn some in during the draft. <laughs> I will try." <laughs> Um, so yeah, leave your comments and uh, we can react to those on Twitter. No, I on will Twitch. not try. I will try to try. There, there you go. There's your first Simpsons There's reference. Simpsons well reference. done. That was it. Well done. All right, we've uh, we've got movement on the podium right now. Hmm. I see uh, Tim Brown behind Roger Goodell. Is this a stand-up act or something? We've got some uh, Is that Marcus some Mariota. Oh yeah, they're in, they're in Nashville. Those, those are some nice, nice suits. And uh, I believe this is where Roger Goodell is getting booed by about fifty thousand people oh, outside sure Nashville. Booze are accurate. Is he getting booed? Can we, can, no, we pop, can we pop this saying, up real quick? Uh, they're can. saying Boo-Dell. There's another Simpsons reference. Here, let's listen to the boos. <laughs> You've turned the... <laughs> Some all cat right, calls. All right. Tonight has all right. So here's what's going to happen. Whenever... So Lindsey Brown <laughs> well, is all Tim over Brown. the board. Right. Whenever a pick is in, you know how ESPN has their little dee 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 We've got something similar. <laughs> it's the Rick Spielman laugh. Whenever a pick is in... So much better. We'll play the Rick Spielman laugh. We'll finish our conversation. And then we will... Uh, throw it to Lindsey Brown, who will pot up the podium. So you will not miss a pick, even if we are in here in, in the middle of a heated debate. <laughs> even though know. it's outdoors and raining in Nashville, and they should have put a roof on it, um, wow. that's a that's a pretty cool setup that they got there. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yeah. The, the stage is like at the end of a street. Who is, and Who's the, the dude in the Eagles jacket? Oh and I God. literally mean that's the hideous. Eagles yeah, that's, sport coat. Covered in Eagles logos. That's gross. Uh, but it's it's just <laughs> a street full of people. Watching the uh, the NFL draft. That's a pretty. I've, I've never seen anything like that for a draft before. Yeah, it's. Uh, when's it going to come to Minnesota? Has there been any chatter about yes. U.S. Bank Stadium or? Yes. I would assume it has to come around this way eventually, doesn't it? It will. Can barely wait. Well, geez. Oh, I just don't. It's it's a. I fine. You don't want the draft here. I just don't think it needs to be here. What I mean, is, we've had a lot of cool events. Well, here. what does need to be here? Um, the, Final Four, Super Bowls are fine. Yeah, the Final Four needs to be here, but not the NFL draft. The, the NFL draft is just—it's a lot of—it's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Slow, <laughs> slow down traffic really bad. 
Well, isn't everything really in sports pomp and circumstance? And then they'll send the Twins. You know what? They're they're going to say, well, the Twins can't be home if the draft is here, so the Twins won't be home at okay, all. And we've got to stop Judd right now. We just, we <laughs> we'll just have to stop be nice as well. Like, the draft is about to start. I can't have traffic rants from Judd. It'll just be another, you know. It's fine. <laughs> My God. Um, uh, we have, you imagine the traffic in Nashville with this draft going on? Yeah, people the street? street? Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, we have looks like is that Rodney Hampton a hundred pounds uh, larger than when he was a giant? No. There's some sort of uh, celebration <laughs> no, happening, not. and uh, and the Arizona Cardinals will be on the clock in a moment. Wow! I think it is. That is. He is won it, something. I don't know what it is. That's jersey. Rodney Hampton. Yes, no that's way. him. The Vikings should sign him. He can play uh, guard, left guard this season. <laughs> They said Hampton family. Yeah, no, that did look like him. Just looked like he was wearing a fat suit. Yeah, there was a Hampton jersey in there somewhere. All right. Uh, So I'm going to assume that Roger Goodell is going to stop talking here shortly. So the Arizona Cardinals will be on the clock momentarily. I think that person won 100 years of season tickets to the Giants. So I don't think it was Rodney Hampton. Was it Rodney Hampton? I don't think it was Rodney Hampton. No, it wasn't. I'm looking no, at a picture. It was, of just, a, it was just a right fan. Yeah. Rodney Hampton could not have put on that much weight. I mean, Rodney Hampton's put on some weight. That's Rodney Hampton right now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, how big is he? He's about that big, Judd. And those of us who are streaming. Oh, he could the, play left guard. That was definitely Rodney Hampton. Then. <laughs> it was. And that guy could play left guard for the Vikings. Good job. Hold on, Manny. The, uh, the first debate of the night is that Rodney Hampton. <laughs> Come for our great debates here on the show. Amazing. Uh, if if I may weigh, weigh in, gentlemen. Please. Uh, pun totally intended there. A um, few years ago, I was watching, uh, I think it was NBC Sports Network, and I saw a, um, a very large individual analyzing football. It was pro football talk with... Uh, yeah, Mike with, Florio. With Mike Florio, yes. And I was looking at this guy, and I was thinking, is this guy, was he like a guard for somebody was he a nose tackle he looks really really familiar i'm trying to figure out who who the hell this guy is it looks really familiar lower third graphic comes up sean king oh yeah quarterback the former quarterback of the tampa bay buccaneers he looked like he was about 350 he looked like the rams in the playoff game he looked like he ate warren sap yes 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 uh, so, congrats to uh, skill position players who were once elite athletes gaining 100 pounds. And now, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock, eight and a half minutes to go, until we find out whether it's Kyler Murray or whether all hell will break loose here, gentlemen. And just to reset, you are either listening to or watching a live draft special edition of Purple Daily on Score North. I'm Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad. Behind the scenes, we've got Manny, we've got Lindsay, we've got Ross. Uh, we've got Seth and uh, everybody on staff here. So thoughts with the Cardinals. The draft has officially started. Uh, general thoughts here on what the Minnesota Vikings are probably thinking and looking forward to in the next two hours until they pick. Well, I, I think that the Cardinals made this decision a long time ago and that they are going to draft Kyler Murray and they instantly become one of the most fascinating teams in the NFL, uh, assuming that they just trade Josh Rosen for a second or third round pick and that experiment is over and he's somewhere else. Murray is such a dynamic and unique player because of his size, but also because of his speed and playmaking ability. He's been compared in terms of just his running to Michael Vick. And if you watch their game against Alabama, I had our friend Sage Rosenfels watch the film of him against Alabama, and some of the throws that he made 
were just A-plus arm talent, MLB draft pick type of throws. And when you combine those things, at very least, this guy is going to be super fun to watch. And then with an offensive coach who's bringing college stuff to the NFL and spreading it out potentially, and I mean, they could be one of those must-watch teams even if they win six games next year. My first thought is this. Who comes up and gets the Jets pick at three? The Jets can trade that pick. And the Jets can trade back a little bit, but somebody uh, can come up, leapfrog Oakland perhaps, and take a QB. I mean, do we Who think that the it? Giants would do that to take Dwayne Haskins? It makes sense that somebody will. And, and Oakland, I don't trust them. Oakland is a, is a wild card team that I don't trust. I don't know what they're going to do, but I could very easily see them taking a quarterback as well. So if there's a quarterback that I've identified that I want, I go and get that Jets pick. I also think that if you're San Francisco, you should trade down too. If someone is desperate to take Dwayne Haskins, then by all means, trade down because there are so many good defensive players in this draft. Even though Nick Bosa is very good, there's five or six other really, really good prospects. Josh Allen coming off the edge is one of them. And if you're San Francisco and you're just trying to stack defense and you're not in love or need one specific guy, Trade down, get more picks, let somebody go crazy for Dwayne Haskins, who's just a so-so quarterback prospect for first-rounders, and take whoever is there at 5-6-7 because you're still going to get one of the top defensive players in the draft. So you could see both of those teams wanting to trade out of two and three. Yeah, as far as that first pick goes, I I had the thought before Phil ever said it that maybe, maybe the Cardinals are just crazy like a fox, and this whole thing has been to throw people off the trail and misinformation and everything else that goes into the NFL draft. And I was like, ah, the Cardinals aren't that smart. <laughs> They're not smart enough to pull off this good a scheme. When have they ever been savvy? I'll right, exactly. I, th- I think it is exactly what it looks like, which is that they're going to draft Kyler Murray here within the next minute or so and do something with Josh Rosen shortly thereafter. I hate this, by the way. You've had, since the season ended... To, you've been on the clock since the season ended if you're the Arizona Cardinals, and now you need to use every minute of the clock when the draft starts at 7. You should know your pick. As soon as as soon as soon Roger Goodell says Arizona Cardinals are on the clock, you should know your pick and be ready to walk oh, they, up to that podium. They do. Is so what are we doing? Time. Is this a pace of draft issue for you? Yes. You just need to, need yeah. to cut an extra 10. Yeah, Where's Rob Manfred when you I, really five need five minutes. Five minutes between picks, NBA, that's perfect. I would not be surprised if the NFL told Arizona from the very beginning when they hired Cliff Kingsbury, if you guys are going to draft Kyler Murray, you keep your mouth shut because this is great drama for this draft. And I don't know that it has the type of pizzazz outside of Kyler Murray that last year did with all the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. These are less exciting group, and you never know who could be great and who might not be. But last year, it was, these are the five big quarterbacks. Where are they going to go? you got to stick around for the whole first round. This year, less so outside of you know, maybe the Raiders, but I just don't feel that pull of the drama outside of Murray. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if the NFL said, this is our best storyline. Let's not have anybody out there telling uh, what we're going to do and take it down to the final minute before you submit that thing so we can build up the drama. Yeah, I have no problem. So a lot is made every year of, and, and, and this year is no different, ESPN reporters and NFL reporters being told, don't give away any information. Even if you have it, don't tip the pick. Ultimately, if you want as many millions of people as possible to watch the beginning of the NFL draft, you don't give away the pick. So that's I, I, I'm actually okay with ESPN and the NFL saying, tipping. "Listen, this is entertainment. Let's make this fun. Let's you can you. I don't care if you break the third overall pick. Don't break the first overall pick. And it makes it. I mean, 
I haven't looked all the way through my Twitter feed yet, but there's three minutes left on the clock. And I'm not 100% sure that they're going to take Kyler Murray, and I like it, it that way. Kyler Murray has a look on his face like he's not 100% sure that they're taking <laughs> Kyler Murray. I don't, know, I don't know if he has uh, if he's just a very good actor, but he's he seems a little nervous about this. But it's great It's great during the NBA draft when Woj just tips every single pick. And then they told him not to, and he still did it last year. And he uses different language. Yes. Uh, it, uh, the Jazz are strongly leaning towards Yes, uh, that was great fun. So-and-so. I enjoyed that. Um, real quick here before we find out whether it's Kyler Murray or not. Is that Kingsbury standing up? It is Cliff Kingsbury or Ryan Gosling, one of the two. <laughs> uh, or a suit model. Yeah. Collar floated. Collar floated this <laughs> earlier today, and I we have poll results. Uh, that and you, and you've been on the Josh Rosen. The Vikings should be sniffing around Josh Rosen bandwagon for at least a month or two. You wrote a column on scorenorth.com. and uh, the poll results are and you're and the way you floated it today was the 18th pick for Josh Rosen. Eighty percent of people say stay off the weed, and twenty percent say do it. <laughs> well, now if you switch that to second round pick, I think that the percentages people, would change. Would, yeah. yeah. Well, I, the question that was posed from Zolgad and Maklov was, "What's the highest that you would give up? What's the most you would give up?" And I said, "Well, if it came to it, I would give up eighteen because I think that the Vikings are actually in the same position as the New York Giants or as the Los Angeles Chargers." But Kirk Cousins isn't old, so you don't think of it that way. But they really are. They're in the same position Kansas City was in with Alex Smith, where they knew Alex Smith was good. They knew he could get them to the playoffs, but they knew also they weren't going to sign him to another contract. He wasn't going to be their long, long-term quarterback. So they drafted with the number 10 pick, Pat Mahomes. At the time, we didn't know he was going to be this good, right? Patrick Mahomes. But... They traded up to make that move, and they looked kind of crazy at the time. People were shocked. Kansas City is drafting a quarterback when they have Alex Smith. They're a win-now team. What are they doing? And it turned out to be as good of a move as you could ever make. The Patriots have done this multiple times. Why are they drafting Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round? Because they're planning for the future at the most important position by a 1,000 miles. And I think if you're the Vikings, it's something that you should consider. 18 they wouldn't do it realistically. But the second round pick, maybe they would consider that because if you play it out to 2021, if you were to move from Kirk Cousins to Josh Rosen, you would clear $25 plus million plus in cap space and have a season in 2021 where you still have a lot of talent on your roster and could go crazy all in with free agency and stack up and go all in for that year. And then you'd know whether Rosen was really your franchise quarterback or if you, you could move on, but you'd have still flexibility at that point. So that's me thinking a couple years out as opposed to just this year. And I wouldn't blame Rick Spielman and the Vikings for thinking about filling spots this year. But I always think three years down the road when it comes to a draft pick that isn't in the top 10. That's Matthew Collar. We've got Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and Phil Mackey. <laughs> and uh, we'll pretty soon here throw to the podium. Yes, you heard it. That is the... <laughs> That is the uh, sounder that signifies a pick is in. The number one overall pick is in. And as soon as we see Roger Goodell strut to the podium, we will throw it uh, to the ESPN coverage for just a few seconds. The, the panels here are very interesting. So we've got the NFL Network feed on. David Shaw from Stanford is on the main NFL Network feed. And uh, ESPN's College Game Day crew is on the ABC feed. they got Lee Corso and Herb Street, they got the whole crew on the, whole the ABC game day feed. crew. Yeah. This is the first time ABC has done this, right? It's yes. always been ESPN or yep. uh, NFL Network, I believe. So, so where do you get one of these suits that's just I was made just up of the say, team logo? That guy, he was ready for this. Seems like commissioners coming People up here, boys. Them. 
Let's uh, let's let's pot it up here. Roger Goodell walking to the podium. Ooh. Slowly. With the first pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, wow. quarterback, Oklahoma. Football. There it is. Okay, well, let me throw it out this way. Since okay. this is a Viking-centric show, yes. now that we know Kyler Murray went number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, which is what most mockers were projecting, what does that do for the Vikings at 18? Does it does it change or do anything for the Vikings at 18? It wouldn't change any of how they planned it out. So when they do their mock drafts out there and look at all the potential scenarios for who could be available at 18, I am certain that they penciled in Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick since the NFL Combine, just like everyone else in the entire world has <laughs> with Kyler Murray at that top selection. So from the Vikings' perspective, they are rooting now for more quarterbacks to be traded. And uh, assuming that they aren't in on my idea of at least making a phone call on Josh Rosen, um, that won't really impact them. But they're thinking, okay, someone get Dwayne Haskins. Someone draft Daniel Jones. Someone draft Drew Locke. The more quarterbacks that are taken, the more talent is there at 18. And I I think the desperation for teams to find uh, QBs now has become such that that will take place. And that's going to drive down more more of guys that the Vikings certainly will consider and want. And so the the in vogue thing of trying to find a quarterback and almost doing it at any price now, which is this guy might not be that good, but we don't care because we think we can make him good, is going to help this team. I would not be surprised. What we think there's going to be at least three gone before eighteen, correct? And every one of those will drive down a guy that the Vikings can use. So here's a question for you: If the New England Patriots trade their first round pick, and I know it's not as high as the Vikings, but if they trade their first round pick for Josh Rosen, will you guys change your mind? I know that you're not on board with my idea, but would you guys change your mind if the Patriots did it because it's Belichick? Yes. Would I change? Oh, yes, it's yeah. Change it's, my mind about what you're saying or what? Yeah, what I'm saying about Absolutely the Vikings not. making that trade. No, 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 no. The Vikings can't get that cute. No, they they are not in that league. I've said this. Don't ever compare what Belichick's doing. You can't do. Are you saying they're not in that league in that they, the Patriots would squeeze more out of Josh the Rosen Patriots than the Vikings smarter, The Patriots are smarter than you. Right, but if the, if the so Patriots no, are... If, if you got wind that the Patriots thought that highly of Josh Rosen that he was going to be the heir apparent yep. to Tom Brady, would it yep. not... Va- if you, and if you were on the fence, so you're, you're kind of like, man, I don't really know which protein powder to take. Should I take this one or this one? And like you look at the uh, bodybuilder, and like yeah, right. And but uh, the Everson Griffin comes over, and the, he's like, "Actually, I use this one." The bodybuilder's oh, okay. Einstein, though. You're not even close. You're, you're <laughs> not in the league. But why does Stay, that matter? Because you are. You cannot try and act. Almost no team in this league can try and do what the Patriots do. They are always a step ahead or three of you. And therefore, and the other thing too. So shouldn't you try to do what they do? No, because you they can't. Do no, it? no, because you're never going to be. No, you're always telling you fall this, flat. They're telling you this is what we're going to do. Oops, we told you. I mean, please don't do it. This is right, but they always have something. Then they've got two steps. They are so far out of your sight that what you see and what you think, you can't equal them. But well, they play the, in the NFL. Still. But the other thing about the Patriots here too is if they do this, the Patriots have and they should have guys who have ultimate security. 
Rick Spielman doesn't have that, that much time. Well, th- well, this now, goes no, back. See, now we're talking about will they do it versus should they do it. And the Patriots have been trying to do this for years. They drafted Ryan Malik because they weren't sure how much right. longer uh, Tom Brady would be good. And then he defied time and space. And then they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, and he did it again. And then they drafted Jacoby Brissett, and then he did it again. Yep. And Brady made them trade all those guys. But they kept doing it because they thought, we're not sure how much longer. And even if we're wasting a pick to some people at another need, we need a guard, we need a cornerback, we need this or that. They know that they've got to have an heir apparent to Tom Brady or they're going nowhere as a franchise. So they've been doing this for a while. I'm just looking at the Patriots and saying this thing that they did and the Kansas City Chiefs did, those teams are pretty smart. I don't think it's a bad idea for the Vikings. I don't expect them to do it, but I'm looking at some of the smartest teams in the NFL doing it Mm -hmm. and the other teams who don't know who their quarterback is in 2021, like the Giants or Chargers, and saying that those teams should uh, be in the same ballpark as the Vikings as we look at this Rosen situation. By the way, uh, score North Twitter poll here, and and we we only have a few dozen votes, so we'll we'll wait for more results to come in. With the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray, if you're the Vikings, what draft pick would you offer up for Josh Rosen, just for fun? And right now, uh, there's 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 four uh, four <laughs> options: second round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, or all of those picks. And right now, four percent of people would give up all of those picks in order to get Josh Rosen. Mm, I don't uh, think I would give up all those picks. But the highest percentage is a fourth-round pick at 61%, a third-round pick at 26%. If it was a fourth-round pick, I'm in. Um, where do I sign? Oh, fourth-round pick, yeah. I don't want to criticize our Twitter poll, but like, I would give up less to get him. <laughs> Seems like an obvious thing to vote for, right? That's correct. Uh, I would start at a third-round pick, and that's it for now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think go I'd go much pick. higher than that. Okay, I think, okay. How, but how about this scenario though? Let's say you could do it. For, <laughs> oh. Let's say you could do it for a second, right? but you trade Trey Wayne's for a second too. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, maybe. Yeah, if you're going to get that second round pick back, but again, I don't feel that great about trading a cornerback with Holton Hill suspended the first four weeks of the season. Now you're going to use. You one just of want the, more picks. Now you're going to use you one of those picks players. on a cornerback. Are you going to, are, are you going to use a high guy. pick on, on a cornerback in that scenario then? Or are you going to trade Trey Waynes and not replace that position at all? I think maybe you would in the second or third round. Ooh, that's you're getting dicey on me. All right. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers are about to make their pick. Yeah, the there was a trade walk. In the 2019 NFL draft, <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers select Nick Bosa, defensive okay. end, Ohio State. All right, so everything according to most mocks so far, right? Kyler Murray yes. and Nick Bosa. In fact, two for two on my last draft sim. Before Look at the you! Draft wow. Wow. Congratulations! Yes. Does he get a bonus for that? Uh, no, are you simming? Are you a simming? Bosa bonus. Are you just simming oh, the Vikings you. picks? Or are you simming everyone's pick? Uh, the simulation itself, the mock draft machine, does the simulating, and then I do the drafting. I play Spielman at eighteen. Add it. Okay, so that's how it's worked. And you what do- would remind us who your latest simulation uh, had the Vikings? Well, who did you have as the as the Vikings' eighteenth pick? So this is where it's going to get really interesting. Is somewhere between ten or nine, and when the Vikings pick. Because that's when the tackles could go off the board. And the simulation that I just did, we saw Garrett Bradbury, who's the center, but also Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard, Andrew Juan Taylor. They went off the board. So that leaves the Vikings with the potential to draft another position. Guys, did you just 
see the hug between Goodell and Bosa? No. It was not. super long and uncomfortable. Were they face to were they face to face or it wasn't uncomfortable at all. They both seemed to enjoy it very okay, much. I they, was no. I was uncomfortable because it should be it should be a cursory hug. Right. And instead of No, looked, that was like it looked like Bosa hadn't seen Goodell in like six years. Yeah, like they were reunited family members. Yes. I was uncomfortable. That was something. They got a live band up there too. I just noticed that right now. Nashville, well, it's Nashville man. Yeah, of course. Uh, by the way, the New, York, the New York Jets oh. are now on the clock, followed by the uh, dimly lit, mostly empty room filled by Mike Mayock and John Gruden, <laughs> and no scouts, apparently. <laughs> I got to see that room. Well, th- scouts th- clear out. This is where it could get really hairy, because the Jets are a team that would make so much sense to take Quinn and Williams, a great defensive player. They've got their quarterback, and now they need to build up the rest of their roster. But it would also make sense for them to trade Back if Oakland has a quarterback that they like. We know that John Gruden always wants a different quarterback than he has. And, uh, you know, there are probably other teams that are looking at a quarterback here or have somebody like Quinn and Williams that they really want that they could trade up for. Boy. Um, trades. I want trades. I want I, trades, too. I agree That's what you. makes this fun. Yeah, there's going to be... Time to get some trades. So if you're, if you're the Jets, you tell Oakland right now that you're very close to a trade and that that team is for sure going to grab a QB, right? Gruden will cave. Mayock will cave. Just scare him. They'll they'll make a I trade. I mean, I definitely try that tactic for sure. I think it'll work though. Yeah, if you're the, if you're the Jets here, you're pawning, especially if the Raiders want a quarterback. Aren't you pawning five teams off each other right now? Isn't that the like? The, I think the fun part if you're a team in the draft and you've got your franchise quarterback and you're in the top ten. You're on the phone the entire night, right? Leading up to the draft, just pawning teams off each other. Because you can you can bluff you can uh, you can lie you can do pretty much whatever you want with Raiders with Giants etc. Uh, we did I believe it was the Mega Mock the other day here on Score North Live. It was a Mega Mock, and there were I want to say two quarterbacks off the board back to back, and then the New York Giants picking at number six. And I and this is where I just someone's going to make a mistake and stretch for like the fourth quarterback in the first round that doesn't belong as a first round pick, which is what the Vikings did in 2011 or 2012 with Christian Ponder. That that happens almost every year. Well, we need a quarterback and there's nine off the board already. So I guess we'll just pull the trigger on. That. I am really fascinated to see if Dwayne Haskins is thought of as, as high as some people said, there were even analysts out there who were talking about liking Dwayne Haskins more than Kyler Murray, which blows my mind. It really does because if you're criticizing Kyler Murray for playing in the Big 12 watch an Ohio State game and look at all the wide open wide receivers that are all getting drafted in this draft don't you think that goes back to old school draft scouts and he's big he's got a big arm yes, and he's tall so. and I, blah 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 yes I think so that Kyler Murray is not traditional but I, there's also enough there with Haskins enough shortcomings when things go off script and he had it pretty easy and he's a one-year starter like, is he really going to be that high of a pick as high as we think he's going to be? I'm not, I'm not really certain about that. If you're the Vikings, you are definitely rooting for it. You want more uh, quarterbacks up there and more offensive linemen and offensive players to drop, but I'm not certain that Haskins will go that high. Who's the best coach for him if he gets taken in the top 10, let's say? Schefter says Jets are trying to trade out, by the way. They should be, yeah. Who, yeah who's sense. the best coach who's the for best Haskins? Coach if, for if he Haskins. goes in top... You know, I think the top I, I actually think it's our guy uh, Pat Shermer. That might be, yeah. Would Gruden be a good coach for him? I don't Can know. we tell if Gruden's a good coach for anybody yet? Well, that but is the, the trouble. But the isn't quarterback it? camps 
that he did led you to believe that that he could be effective with the quarterbacks that he likes. But that's those camps are why it became very clear to me that he was not going to put up with being being given a quarterback and being yeah. told this is your guy. Uh, gentlemen, let's squeeze in a quick break because uh, there's a few minutes left for the Jets on the clock. So we're going to get you the Jets pick when we come back here. This live special draft edition of Purple Daily. Us? And let's go through the 25 players Vikings fans should know going into the draft tonight, uh, starting with an offensive lineman that if he fell to number 18, I think the Vikings would be ecstatic. We'll have Collar take us through the 25 players Vikings fans should know tonight leading up to the 18th overall pick. It's uh, Purple Daily, a live special draft edition on Score North. The draft. All right, let's go. It's NFL Draft Night on Score North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. It is the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. I'm Rami Makloff and uh, Judd Zolgad alongside Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar. We got the whole team in here. We're also on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. S-K-O-R North is how you find us. The Jets made their selection during the break, and they take defensive tackle out of Alabama, Quinn and Williams. I think we all assumed it was either that or they were going to trade the pick for somebody who wanted to go up and get a quarterback, right? I'm a little surprised that they didn't trade it, but Quinn and Williams is extremely, extremely good at the football. I mean, he is a game-changing type defensive tackle, and I mean... If you're an offensive guard at this point, are are you just deciding to go into some other business? If you're a center or guard, the defensive tackles in this draft are absolutely phenomenal. To go along with the absurd level of talent on the interior of defensive lines across the league, we saw that last year with just the Vikings, where they played Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald and Akeem Hicks twice, and it just stacked and now this guy comes into the league. I think he can be another one of those that ends up in that type of conversation where he's just bowling over centers. Football. Football. Um, <laughs> so right now, the New York Jets end all sentences with have football? made... Yes. We, we probably should. The New York Jets have made their pick, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are... Uh, or I should say the uh, Oakland Raiders are now on the clock, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the on-deck circle. So uh, we've got Matthew Collar, Robbie Maklov, Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey here, and we're counting you down until the Vikings pick at 18. And we can open up phone lines throughout, 651-646-8255. But earlier today, Matthew Collar, you posted 25 players Vikings fans should know heading into the draft. And a lot of these guys, I mean, we're getting into the range where some of these guys could start to go once we get between like 5 and 10. So take us on a tour through... If people haven't been paying super close attention and they're wondering what's available, what's you know, what are the names to watch, let's take a tour through this list that you created. Well, the first name on my list is a guy that I think they would even consider trading up for, and there aren't too many of those guys, but Jonah Williams, the offensive lineman from Alabama, he was a standout from the moment he came in as a freshman to play for Alabama to now, and... Um, even though he didn't have the best national championship game against Clemson, still thought of as a, a very high-end offensive line prospect. Some people think he would be a superstar guard or a very good left tackle, and for the Vikings, that sounds wonderful. Uh, down the list, Garrett Bradbury is somebody we've talked about quite a bit as a center who you would bump over Pat Elfline to guard for. Extremely athletic, perfect scheme fit. 
Uh, his tape against Clemson was fantastic, and that was the game changer for him, for him elevating into that elite type of prospect. And then he confirmed all of that with a great combine. Name to watch here in terms of trade-up for the Vikings is TJ Hawkinson. If they're going to move Kyle Rudolph, TJ Hawkinson is outstandingly the best tight end in this draft. And not just a guy who's a good receiver and has catch radius, well, there it great is. hands, things yes. like that. Yeah. Redwell, Treadwell but, had catch radius. But this guy is also a great blocker and a physical type of player. That is something that the Vikings have been missing with Kyle Rudolph. He could go down the field a bit too. Hawkinson is kind of the complete package game changer for your offense. And then Andre, real quick before you move on from Hawkinson, yeah, what happened from the time that the combine took place until now? Because early mock drafts I saw, a lot of them said he would fall to the Vikings pretty easily. Maybe even mm-hmm. you could get him in the second round. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's a guy who's it looks like he's projected to go at the latest mid first round before the Vikings get there. You just talked about them possibly trading up to go and get him. How did his stock rise so quickly? Well, I think part of it was. I'm not certain that everybody knew the athleticism that existed there. He ran a 4.740, which was good. But his other numbers are unbelievable. His vertical jump, his broad jump, his 20-yard shuttle, 60-yard shuttle, these things are all in the 85th percentile or higher, according to the website Mock Draftable. So there, it was certain that he was a good Football. blocker. That's right. He's a good blocker, he had great hands, all, the, all that stuff. Everyone knew that. But when you saw the athleticism that he was bringing as well, that it matches up with some of the best tight ends in the league, that's going to push you up to say, okay, you're not just real good, but you have that potential to play at an extremely high level. And that's what I think interests the Vikings. Uh, Noah Fant is the other tight end for the same team, but also intriguing for many of the same reasons. He's a little bit faster. And we're uh, we're all over the comment sections here, too, and I see a lot of you guys pig's eye Joe on our Twitch stream right now, hoping one of those tight ends falls to the Vikings so you can trade Kyle Rudolph to the Patriots for more picks which is what uh, Albert Breer was speculating on earlier. If, if the Vikings wound up with maybe a next-level good tight end, in the, and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming if you're drafting a tight end in the first round, A, you're 100% sure, and B, that guy's, that guy's going to be a stud. I mean, how many times, I guess we could go back and look and see, are there real true bust tight ends that were drafted? It's not a position that you look to draft in the first round unless you're almost 100% sure on a guy, so... Uh, so uh, keep the comments coming on these on these feeds. Question on the trade of Kyle Rudolph. What do you guys think the fan reaction would be to moving Kyle Rudolph? Would people look at it as, wow, you're trading a pro bowler, great community guy. Like, how can you do this to him? Or would it just be, and I think this is where Vikings fans are now, I don't care who you trade as long as we get better. I think after they lost that NFC Championship game and what, what happened last season, that nobody is safe. There are no sacred cows for Vikings fans on this roster. I, I think there would be immediate pushback from a select few, but it would be absolutely fine. You can There, there is nobody in this town right now short of uh, perhaps Carl Anthony Towns who you can't trade. So, you know what? Unless you're Rami. Well, and Ky- <laughs> you know what, though? Kyle can live here. His family can come back here. He can still work here. People can still respect the guy. He does a lot of great things. But if you can improve your team as constructed right now by trading him, if you're the Vikings and the fans, you can't give a damn about if a person gets moved. You, you just can't. Yeah, and if I'm the Vikings, I can't give a damn if, if the fans don't like it. I, no, I agree. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, I am I got to do what makes what? my football team better. If you win games, 
they won't care. Right, exactly. They might be upset at first. They'll forget real quick if you're in first place in week five. Real quick. They won't be thinking about Kyle Rudolph. The pick is in, by the way, yeah, for the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. Every time you hear uh, Rick Spielman's <laughs> cackle, that means a pick is in. And uh, we will we will send it shortly here to the podium where Roger Goodell's been announcing the picks via our ESPN radio feed. And just one last thing. There, there, Kyle Rudolph made the comment at the, at the uh, workout press conference a few days ago last week. But I, I'm entering my prime. Well, that's it's factually incorrect to say a 29-year-old tight end is entering his prime. Now, there are a lot of tight ends that are productive until they're 34 or 35. But I don't think there's a lot. There's not like another level uh, for Kyle Rudolph to get to. It's pretty unlikely. One thing I'd want to say about trading Rudolph is I, I know people want to do that. The, the one hesitation I have is the first tight end off the board last year barely did anything. The Raiders pick is in. Hold that thought, Collar. As Roger Goodell walks to the podium. Come on, Roger. He's walking there. Where is he? What's he coming from? There he is. They got the cue and they went silent. (laughs) He's got toilet paper on his shoe. With the fourth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Cleland Farrell. Oh, wow. Okay, pass rusher. Clemson. Football. Surprised he went this high, but a extremely, extremely good pass rusher. Somebody that I was looking at potentially for the Vikings. If he fell, this is a guy to get because that Clemson defensive line is just full of monsters. And this guy produced like crazy. He's got the athletic traits. I'm not surprised that they would get the Khalil Mack replacement. And one last thought on that. The Khalil Mack trade for the Raiders, actually not that bad. Uh, but I have one huge question here. I like the player. Why didn't you trade down? I was just going to say. I the mean, same you thing. you could have leveraged. You've got you've got some grade A morons be, behind you as far as teams go. You could have gone and traded down and gotten that pick. Yeah. Well, Why possibly, wouldn't you trade yeah, down? Possibly. And I said the same thing about the the Cleo Mack trade when it happened. Now I'm sitting here in a Bears hat, and I'm glad <laughs> the Raiders made that trade. I'm I'm happy to have Khalil Mack in a Bears uniform, but that doesn't mean it's a bad trade for the Raiders too. Those were two organizations in different places in terms of their their development. The Raiders wanted to start over and rebuild. The Bears were trying to make that jump and get that player who could help them make that jump. Could be when all is said and done. Let's see what they do with those draft picks that everybody got what they wanted out of that trade. And it worked for everybody. And those are the best kinds of trades for NFL GMs because then other GMs aren't afraid to trade with you. But let's see here how how Gruden and Mayock run a team. That's what I'm curious here. Because I I do think Gruden can coach still. But when, when you have the people in power that they have now, my curiosity lies more in, okay, you made the Mac trade, which which sort of surprised me. But what do you do now? And this this pick to me strikes me as a pick that you one hundred percent positively try and get down and make that pick and yeah. get more capital. That uh, just way. judging from the reporters that cover the NFL draft, everyone is surprised that they took uh, him this high. But if they're looking for someone who can replace that type of production, even if he isn't Khalil Mack, but is a 10-sack type of guy, then that trade ultimately does make sense, and maybe they believed he was going to get taken higher. But from what you're saying, Judd, it seems that most of the people who cover the draft would agree with you that they still could have gotten him if they had traded back because Josh Allen is a guy who's considered a higher-rated prospect. Devin White, Devin Bush, Brian Burns, some of these guys, Ed Oliver that uh, were rated higher than he was, they probably could have 
gone back a little bit and maybe picked up extra picks. But I would also say that if you believe somebody is the fourth pick, what do I care if I got an extra third or whatever it might be to move down one spot? Depending on how much someone would be willing to give up. Yeah. Uh, that's Matthew Collar. I'm Phil Mackey. We've got Rami Makloff here. We've got Judd Zulgad. And this is the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on the all-new Score North. And just to reset what's happening here, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock with the number 5 overall pick. The first four picks so far, the Arizona Cardinals did what most people expected them to do as mock drafts rolled in over the past month and a half or so. Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma, number 1 overall. Uh, Nick Bosa, the pass rusher from Ohio State, number 2 to the San Francisco 49ers. Defensive tackle from Alabama, Quinnen Williams to the New York Jets at number 3. And the Oakland Raiders with... Somewhat of a surprise pick, and uh, and a pick that I'm sure is going to take a lot of scrutiny just because it's John Gruden and Mike Mayock and it's the Oakland Raiders, but Clellan Farrell, the pass rusher from Clemson. Let's keep going down this list of 25 names Vikings fans should know here, Matthew Collar. Pick up where you uh, left off. Well, Andre Dillard is one that could go very soon here, or he could drop a little bit depending on what teams think of him Uh, in terms of a pass protector. If I were drafting, that's what I would want is the guy who could you know, protect the passer better than anybody else. And Dillard is a tremendous athlete who would be a good scheme fit from that perspective. Top pass protector by pro football focus. The only concern a little bit, and I don't know if you wouldn't draft the guy because of this, but he's just a little bit older than Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is only 21. Dillard is 23. And the other thing that is kind of interesting is just the Washington State system They like to spread out the offensive linemen as wide as they can be, and it makes it a little bit easier, I think, on the linemen to push those edge rushers farther away from the quarterback. They throw the ball really quickly, but even in his normal pass sets that would be like NFL two and a half seconds, he's pretty fantastic. And I I think the Vikings should be very interested in Andre Dillard if he's there. Where's the college game at now as far as as the, the style offensively? Because... I talked to Spielman about this, oh, it must have been eight to ten years back at the Combine. And, and I said, the college game is so different, it's got to be hard to scout guys. And he said, absolutely is. Because the passing um, the passing techniques and systems yep. were different. Yep. But obviously, what I didn't see coming at that time was was the pro game was going to morph not unto itself, yep. but, back, but to the college game. Uh, so where do we stand now as far as scouting and interpreting how players are going to translate because the pro game does keep getting more concepts that seem to be from the college? Well, I think what it really comes down to isn't so much the passing concepts as it is the techniques that are needed to stop NFL defensive ends. And if you're just more athletic than the other guy and you play for Washington State and you have any sense of technique, you're probably okay In the NFL, you have to be almost perfect to be a Joe Thomas or one of the top pass protectors. And otherwise, if you're not almost perfect and you don't have that freakish athleticism, you're going to get blown by quite a bit. And Colton Miller, the left tackle from the Raiders, is a great example of that. Unbelievable, all-time great athlete, was one of the worst left tackles in the league last year because the techniques required are so much different. These defensive ends are insanely freakish from a physical perspective, but they're also clever. They've got moves and counter moves and everything else. I mean, I I think that that's what it really is, is you're going from facing most people's just their fastball and it's pretty fast to fastball, curveball, slider, changeup when it comes to facing defensive ends in the NFL more than it is just the style of passing games. Yeah. Uh, the Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and Phil Mackey here. 
And the pick is in for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, and this is a sneaky potential quarterback landing spot team, depending on how they feel about Jameis Winston going forward. I know how I feel about Jameis Winston. Wouldn't trust him to be my franchise quarterback for the first three weeks of the season, let alone for the next three years or five years. Uh, so I, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, and they're all, yep, they're all dabbing and high fiving in the Bucks war room right now. <laughs> Did so, somebody really just dab? I missed that. <laughs> yeah, like off in the corner there, the guy with the, so the guy that dabbed in the back corner with the pink shirt also has a chew cup that he just spit into. <laughs> <laughs> So he dabbed and then went for the... How many people are in that war room? That Tampa war That's room, a crowded like a, war room. There's like a pizza guy. There's a, there's, yeah. a, there's more chewing tobacco in the NFL than there is baseball these oh, yeah. days, by the way. Adrian Peterson, whenever he was on the sidelines inactive, constant dipping. Really? The entire game. Oh, I yeah. did not know that. Big time dip guy. All right, let's go to the podium. Special guest to announce this guy. Base pick at number five. Who's the special guest here? For Tampa Bay's pick... I'm joined by Casey Reynolds, a Make-A-Wish kid cool. and a huge Buccaneers fan. Casey's been fighting cancer, and tonight his wish is to be granted to announce the opportunity to be granted to announce the Buccaneers' first-round pick. We hope this wish gives Casey the physical and emotional strength to face any challenges that come his way. Okay, Casey, now's the time. With the fifth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Devin White. Line Football. So Devin White goes to the Buccaneers with the fifth pick in the NFL Draft. Still no craziness, no chaos yet in Nashville on uh, day one of the NFL Draft for a second. I thought that was our guy Randy's pick. That he that's the other was, Devin. Yeah, that's, that's Devin, Devin Bush. Bush. Yeah, Got my Devins mixed up. So Randy's pick still on the board for the Vikings at 18. And we'll be with you through that Vikings pick and beyond on the Purple Daily Live Draft special on Score North, scorenorth.com, the app. Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. We made it real easy for you. It's at S-K-O-R North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. It is the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North, scorenorth.com. We have a mobile app. You should get that thing. Give us a five-star rating and subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Streaming live as well as Score North. Com. I'm Rami Makloff, Matthew Collar alongside Judd Zolgad, Lindsey Brown, other side of the glass, and jumping in for a segment or two from uh, Channel 5 Eyewitness, KSTP News. It is Darren Doogie Wolfson and the host of The Scoop right here on scorenorth.com. How are you, Doogie? Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Lindsey. I came upstairs figuring you guys would have some feedback. I thought you just figured we'd have pizza. I. Yeah, I thought you'd have something. <laughs> so I invited myself. I texted Phil and Joe just saying, hey, you want me to help kill a segment with you guys, thinking there has to be something up here. There's oh, pizza. Is it out there? in the, it's in the conference oh, room. Perfect. Great. And now you're gone. Now <laughs> we just lost Phil. Three. Come take your chair this back. Is, this is why we got pizza and not subs, is that if we uh, waited a while on it, we would still be fine. Pizza, a couple hours later, subs wouldn't have been. The Giants made their pick just as we were uh, coming back from the break. It was uh, quarterback Daniel Jones out of Duke. What do you can, guys? We, can we still do the Spielman laugh just in case? Oh, we got pizza right Lindsay, oh, can you give nice. us a Spielman laugh, please? Oh, I'll grab yes. it in a sec, Phil. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. People Thank are you. We don't want to miss the Spielman laugh. Daniel Jones, they actually did it. This seems like the it. first reach. They actually did it. I can't believe they actually did it. 
Okay, they so win with the quarterback that most people have, like fifth so, or sixth best quarterback in the draft. I've got two huge questions. Six picks in. Oakland takes Pharrell, a nice player, but they take him at four, and they don't trade down, which makes zero sense. And Gettleman, what the hell's he doing? He's like, uh, he's like being the, Dave Gettleman. The, what the hell? The Giants are built. The Giants are built around a running back. It's 2019. They're built around a running back. And now your your Eli replacement is Daniel Jones, who, by the way, at number six, there's no way you'd bail backwards again. This this is great, though, for the Vikings. I mean, they've no, got to be thrilled. The more quarterbacks that go, the more talent gets pushed down. Most people didn't have Daniel Jones anywhere near the sixth overall pick. They could have waited to 17. Well, that's what I gone. thought. I thought they yeah. would wait until 17. They I mean, I always thought have. that Jones would be off the board when the Vikings were up at 18. I just didn't think it would be a pick six. And, you know, our friend Sage Rosenfels. He and I watched Daniel Jones' tape together, broke it down, and he liked a lot of things that Daniel Jones did. But when it comes to the ceiling of this quarterback, you're talking about a guy that probably maxes out at just being a system-type quarterback or could be just a bust or a journeyman-type guy. That's where his ceiling might be. I always wonder... Obviously not ceiling of bust, but ceiling of... Just a solid quarterback, maybe the 15th best in the league. I always wonder, because I, I, I have the same thought Judd did with both the Jets and, and the Giants pick now, that you, you took guys who you probably could have gotten much later in the draft. But that's yeah. how we yep. see it. I always wonder when I see stuff like that happen, how closely the mock drafts that we all see and read and maybe even compose ourselves really match the draft boards that these NFL teams have. Because I do, on some level give them a benefit of the doubt in terms of the faith that I... They didn't get where they are because they don't know anything about football. These aren't idiots that we're dealing o- with. Oakland might be. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well, Gruden, Gruden's and a coach. The and Giants, Matt, too, though. Yeah. No, no. I, I think we're looking at two two of the first six teams that you can question big time. And, and the mock drafts are not, across the board, people who sit down and make things up. Yes, those people exist, right? But Collar... There's a lot of people who do a lot of talking to a lot of executives and scouts and coaches. So this is not this is not all just some guessing science. There's an actual theory to how some of these mock drafts work. So I would say the Raiders and Giants right now deserve to be questioned big time for both these moves. <laughs> yes. Jaguars pick is in. We'll wait for uh, Roger Goodell to uh, go to the podium well, I, with the seventh pick. I, I totally agree, though, that when you have a lot of people looking at this, a lot of teams looking at this, and the reporters who are dialed in are saying, Daniel Jones is maybe a second-round pick or a guy who's a late first and a developmental-type quarterback, and then someone takes him at sixth overall, it sort of reminds me of like the... Blake Bortles type thing. He's a different quarterback than Blake Bortles. He's not the freak athlete with the huge arm. He's a very highly intelligent quarterback, which will help you with Pat Shermer, and it could be a great situation if Shermer doesn't get fired after this year, as so often happens. Uh, But it's just shocking to see someone with a relatively low ceiling taken this high, and it's almost like the Giants are trying to be the anti-internet. It's like Dave Gettleman reads the internet and is like, ha! I will show these smarties and do everything the opposite of what you say I should do. What week do the Vikings play the Giants? Is it week five? You would think I'd have the Vikings schedule memorized. Top of my head. I I'm don't. not that guy. I can't do that. Here's the question. What are the chances is that the Vikings starting? face Jones and not Eli Manning? It's, I think it's Eli. It's week five. All right, so maybe that's it's too not going to be Jones by I then. I think it'll be Eli. They but should have Sam the Darnold. half of the season. Well, yeah, they should have taken the Sam Darnold. The Vikings Darnold. should be facing Sam Darnold. Yes, absolutely. Five. I mean, it's, so, I get it. Hindsight 2020, all that, but... 
No, they Seriously, took a you go back. Jones now? Dookie, they took when a Donald running... was staring you in the face last year? Dookie, in 2018, they took a running back over the most important position in football. And he's special. But can I tell you guys how but crazy still, this is right you take now the quarterback. for the Minnesota Vikings? Because a lot of these top talents have not been taken yet. I mean, Ed Oliver is still there right now. This board oh. is falling very nicely for the Vikings Here so you go, far. Boys. It really is. Let's go to Nashville and Roger Goodell. You can use that Spielman laugh Sauntering to the podium. Take your time, Rog. <laughs> there you go. There he is. In the 2019 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Josh Allen, defensive end, Kentucky. This is a guy who most people had as the number Football. one edge rusher on their on their draft boards. I can't take fault with that pick right there. I, I do think if you are John DeFilippo, now offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you probably look at this and say, mm, maybe should we have taken the tight end? Should we be trying to help Nick Foles, who we just spent gobs of money on, as opposed to stacking up the defense even more? This team feels like the poor man's version of the Minnesota Vikings right now with an even, well, I don't know. Some people think, as you've mentioned, Doogie, that Foles is a better quarterback than Cousins. It's a good debate. But with a quarterback that's going to need a lot of help and an offense that's pretty shoddy overall, and, oh, we'll draft with the seventh overall pick a defensive player. And guess what? Tom Coughlin says we're taking defense. Yeah, But, yeah, I mean, if he's a transformational type pass rusher, and a lot of people think Allen is that good, and I don't think a lot of people thought he would be there at pick seven. Yep, agree. You just, you do it, right? So I don't necessarily disagree with this pick, even if it wasn't a need. I think they, yeah, they had to, because he, a lot of people thought, could have even gone as high as number two. I think this is a first, by the way, guys. Josh Allen brought his baby up on stage with him. Lindsey Brown is losing her mind on the other side of the glass. They even gave him a hat. They gave him a Jaguars draft day hat. Is that a first? I can't remember ever seeing a baby on stage. up there? At the NFL draft. It's, it's some extreme cuteness going on. <laughs> Cutest kid of all Elite's time. Elite cuteness, actually, is, is what he has. So. Yeah, that kid, his, his, you uh, know what, tonight? his cuteness draft, draft grade, off the charts. You know what, guys? Off the charts. And gals, What's tonight, that? not about cuteness. <laughs> get the kid off the stage. Sorry, tonight Judd. is draft night. Fatherless Judd coming through. <laughs> Our bad for having hearts and whatnot. <laughs> okay, so, Sorry. but here's something to bring up. At this moment, we have TJ Hawkinson still on the board. No one's taken him supremely high. This could be the range where he goes. The Detroit Lions have been trying to stock up their defense, but they also lost Golden Tate. Eric Ebron ended up going to Indianapolis and going to the Pro Bowl, which is sort of sad irony for them. They need some weapons, and there isn't a receiver aside from DK Metcalf that you could even talk about at this position. So, Hawkinson, Doogie, makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, and I know the Vikings have a healthy opinion of Hawkinson. Like, yeah. he's one of those guys. I mean, I think they're going offensive line tonight, but he'd be one guy if he somehow fell that I'd absolutely be watching closely. Mm-hmm. And I was with Amani Hooker yesterday, local kid, Park Center High School, Iowa Safety, Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year. And I was talking to him off camera, and I said, hey, just during practice, Lining up against Hawkinson, I know a fan, but Hawkinson in particular, and he was just gushing about both guys, but certainly Hawkinson. Well, we wait. Uh, the lines are on the clock, and I'm just I'm looking over these uh, just the the draft sims and who could be there and who could go in this next range, and this is where it starts to get really interesting for the Vikings because. Hawkinson is going to be is there right now, and you have Brian Burns who is there, Ed Oliver is there. A lot of people thought he wouldn't be, and then you get into the range of the offensive linemen and where those linemen go to teams like Green Bay, 
Teams like the Dolphins, the Falcons can use an extra offensive lineman. Where they go will determine if the Vikings do indeed doogie draft the offensive lineman that is there, or we could see a run on them even here in the first round. A mini run could take off the top guys, and you would end up wanting to take one of these defensive players and disappointing the legions of offensive line believers here in the first round. What about moving up? We saw Rick Spielman do it for Dalvin Cook. I get it, second round, not first round. He did move up for Harrison Smith a number of years ago. I guess if there's one guy and you see that run, what about offering pick 50 just to get that offensive line? Is there Are there enough picks between now and the Vikings pick for there to be a real run? on? on oh, yeah. Yeah, you, for sure. You think so? There is, yeah. I mean, Buffalo yeah. for sure. Atlanta, I, Carolina, know, all those teams are looking at offensive line. There's about four teams. And to me... It would have to be everyone taking those. Yeah, guys. that's what but I'm that, saying. But that would, could happen. It would take the perfect storm well, almost. There, there are three that stand out above everyone else. Uh, maybe four: Jawan Taylor, who hasn't been taken yet; mm-hmm. uh, Andre Dillard, Jonah Williams, Garrett Bradbury. Those are the guys that stand out. And then it's the next level after that is your Cody Fords, Chris Lindstrom's uh, guys like that. And if it's Cody Ford, Chris Lindstrom are the guys who are there. I think you might consider taking one of the better players. Even if it's a defensive guy that has Pro Bowl potential, as opposed to someone like Cody Ford or Chris Lindstrom, I think you take Chris Lindstrom. Think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He was a right guard at Boston College, not a left guard, but you have your starting left guard for a number of years. Yeah, I think they would jump on Chris Lindstrom in that scenario. What's the What's the start of the list of, of offensive line names that you guys don't like? Cody Ford. Well, it's not that I don't necessarily well, like that him. You don't see as the being word from TCO Performance Center is he's not necessarily a scheme fit. Now, heck, we heard that He's last year with Hernandez, pounds, yeah. right? Okay, so because yeah. they wanted Frank Ragnow in the worst way last well, year. I trust Kubiak's scheme now more than I. I, I felt that a, a year ago when they tried to bring up scheme fit, that that was just code for saying we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I actually do think in Kubiak's case, there is definitely a player players that fit that mold and players who probably don't <laughs> quite as well. Agree. Lions pick is in. We're still waiting for uh, Roger uh, well, Goodell. I have to have it come reported if you want. Me to say it, it's going to be TJ Hawkinson. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. They need a tight end badly. That's a great and, pick. Well, it is. And you know, the other thing, too, I don't like to say that teams got a lot better on draft night because you just don't know. And even great prospects don't turn out sometimes. The Detroit Lions, though, this offseason have gotten a lot better. They added a lot of talent on defense. And with another weapon here, Marvin Jones comes <laughs> back. Like they could be a team that. Take some steps forward from where they were last year as long as their head coach can Roger Goodell at the podium to make it official. In the 2019 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select TJ Hawkinson, tight end, Iowa. That's the first name that we've seen that was that the Vikings were reportedly interested in. He was on their board that we've seen now go off the board. That's two years in a row that the Vikings guy that they really wanted was taken by the Lions instead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he was number one oh, Frank Ragnall, on their though, board. Was, but was high yeah, I mean, I'm list. sure that yeah. they only have, what do you think, 12 to 15 guys yeah, with first-round grades? That's right. I'm positive he is one of those guys. The guy they get at 18 might actually have a second-round grade. So now you've still got Ed Oliver on the board. I would have to imagine he goes here, but Jonah Williams too. The Bills kind of patchworked their offensive line in free agency, but they're looking for long-term offensive line help. They Juwan uh, Taylor there maybe. T- yeah, Taylor could be a pick. They traded away uh, Code uh, Cordy Glenn like two years ago, and so they've drafted some people, but they don't have a tackle. They could go offensive line. They could go Ed Oliver. 
This continues to work out very well. Oh though. yes, marvelously. This is this is this is great. This I mean, and the Giants should get a thank you card right now. If you're Rami though, <laughs> the Rami uh, team trade down that is looking more and more interesting. Though no one is trading down so far in this draft, but it looks more and more interesting because you might get to where the Vikings are, and they could have four or five guys that they'd be happy with. And in that case, you try to pick up an extra draft. Pick. I did say though that there there are a couple guys on um, on the board who aren't offensive linemen who should they fall into your lap if you're Rick Spielman and the Vikings at number eighteen, you take them. And two of those guys still out there right now. I mean, we're what we're going on to pick nine here in a minute, so yes. plenty to go before the Vikings pick at eighteen. But at Oliver out of Houston, you've talked about him plenty tonight, uh, Matthew, and then the uh, rush end, uh, Brian Burns out of Florida State, the edge rusher. Those are two guys that pretty high if you look at the consensus draft board and still out there and edge rushers, even if you got them, man, they're at a premium. They're the second or third most important position in all of football. Quarterbacks are number one, and then you want guys who chase quarterbacks, maybe number two. Yeah, I think I would probably put Cornerbacks number two, and then edge rushers number yeah. three. But, I've heard you know, I've heard it yeah, ordered in some in some order, but, like uh, along those lines. But to your point, I mean, if you're the Bills right now, uh, you feel like you've just hit the lottery if you want to get Ed Oliver here or Brian Burns. These are two tremendously good prospects. Uh, I do wonder about now. Ed Oliver hasn't had anything specifically against him, but there was this sort of scuffle with his head coach and maybe he wasn't thought to have the best attitude. And I wonder the bills have just been pumping out. We're culture. We're all about culture, culture, culture. I wonder if they would shy away from that and go with one of the offensive linemen. Does McDermott though go defense? Cause he is a defensive guy. They already did be, have a really good defense last year. That would so be my question. There. A, they a did sign team. a lot of, Offensive lineman was it six total? But of the six, yeah. is maybe just the center pretty legit? So yeah, you can't make a yeah. case yep. that the best offensive lineman, whoever they have number one among offensive linemen, would make the most sense here. Not Ed Oliver. Back to the Vikings. Yeah, I think ideally one of these tackles, or yeah, I mean you laid it out, Matthew, that they have four or five guys that they'd be happy with. That Houston, who wants a tackle, jumps up, and Houston offers twenty three. Plus 86. If you're the Vikings, to me, you move back five spots. Oh, yeah. If the Texans are willing to do that, 23 plus 86 in the third round. The way that this is playing out right now, I think the team trade back. I'm jumping on that board. Uh, Now, things could change here. And that's funny because you're jumping on that board. And as we get closer to the Vikings pick, and like I said, I'm taking taking the pick. These couple of guys here who are who are falling. I'm I'm coming over to your side, which is basically best position available if. If they're a special type of player at a premium type of position, I think if if you're in a position at 18 to make the decision as it appears that you're going to be with the amount of players available, I take the pick. I just I don't I I'll go back to what I continue to say. Don't get cute right now. Don't get don't get creative. Well, don't get cute. Five spots isn't all that cute. Don't get cute. See, if I, a lot of these guys are comparable. Really? That, yeah, I mean, you have 10 to say. 12 blue no, chip but guys. But my point is, at, at but 18, if 15 to 50, if there really isn't that much of a difference, you move back five what, spots for a third round but pick. But what, what's the difference going to be? That's my question, is what's going to be available to me at 18 that's going to be gone by the time you get to 23 or so? <laughs> Bill's pick is in. We'll wait for Roger Goodell to go to the podium. He's, is, a, he's a long ways. Yeah, he the is. The green room I don't know here is like I, way back. In the meantime, can we go to Bill's Mafia? A live yeah. shot of Bill's Mafia <laughs> partying in the parking lot? Somebody getting thrown through a table What's the name of the stadium fire? there? Uh, it is uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium. Yeah, Ralph or, Wilson uh, New Stadium. New Era Field, I or think. Or whatever now. it is, whatever yeah. the corporate name is. Um, Inevitably, the, there's some party going on in a parking lot. The Bills there. are taking Ed Oliver. 
So oh, we have that. Okay, already. so they're taking okay. the defensive player. That makes it's not surprising. So here's what we have right now, just for um, players that are available: Jawan Taylor, Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan, Andre Dillard, Christian Wilkins, Jonah Williams, Brian Burns, Noah Fant, Marquise Hollywood Brown, the Oklahoma wide receiver, Rashawn Gary, uh, another pass rusher, Montez Sweat, Cody Ford, Greedy Williams, Garrett Bradbury, DK Metcalf. Jeffrey Simmons is the guy with the ACL, but is a top five talent. Mm-hmm. Now, Metcalf is where this gets really interesting because they're not taking Metcalf. I, well, no, I don't think the Vikings will, but it's really interesting to me that he might just drop entirely out of this conversation. That he was a freak <laughs> at the combine, but I wonder if someone is taking him this high or if it was all more of a combine. Let's go to Nashville creation. and uh, Roger Goodell with the Bills pick. In the 2019 NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select. Ed Oliver. Clairvoyant once again. Matthew Collins. You're tipping the picks. Goodell's all ticked off at us. Twittervoyant, yes. Soothsayer, Matthew Collar. Yeah, that's right. I've just you were saying. I'm sorry. Roger Goodell really interrupted you. The the DK Metcalf thing (laughs) is kind of interesting because I'm not certain that he was as high of a prospect as a lot of people had him after the NFL Combine. They had him as a top five, top seven pick, and it's already clear that he's not. But uh, now I wonder where he's going to go. So. With the Vikings, the only way they end up not taking an offensive lineman, this is just in my mind here, is if they all go like right now. Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams, all these guys, Bradbury, that they go right now. Otherwise, I think they will take a lineman. Any chance Denver goes with the Missouri quarterback here? I feel like I would be Which the Vikings and, presumably are rooting And for. who stops Dwayne Haskins' this fall now? Washington? Yeah, that's right. He's still on the board. Although there's been a lot and of... what does Miami do? There's been a lot of Locke, Elway, Miami, steam, Miami right? needs so much help. In so many different ways they should as trade well. Down. Everyone should trade down. Well, I mean, if you're no Miami, no if you're Miami, hit no, the reset button and you take Tua next year, right? You want to hit rock bottom and yeah. land uh, no, yeah. the top five pick right, next right. year. But, but to me, this all continues to add up to the Vikings' benefit mm-hmm. and the guys Absolutely. falling right to them Absolutely. now. Because if if you look at it, it, goes Denver, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Dolphins, Falcons, Washington. The point being is there's there's about three teams there that will that will make moves that you probably want to make, but there's a bunch of teams there that need a lot, and there's also at least one, if not two teams, I think still that could take quarterbacks. Well, Washington for sure, Denver, yeah, which Cincinnati, help which helps you. I don't know, which, Cincinnati will, but you can make a case for Cincinnati, all of which helps you. We got to get to a break. Can I ask a question that has nothing to do with football or the draft real quick first? Is Ed Oliver the horse guy? Is he the guy who rides horses? There are two horse guys. Oh, okay, good. Because Devin White is the big I horse saw, guy. I saw, Ed Oliver also. I saw Danny Cunningham, our very own, tweet out, Devin White has a horse named Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yes. So I was like, he's the horse guy. But they, then I, I, thought, like horses, I thought Ed yes. Oliver was the horse guy. So I'm we have two Buccaneers horse guys. Fan. All right. That's we great. Have, we have two horse guys. All right. Uh, Doogie, you sticking around for another no, segment? No, I'm going to grab pizza. All right. Go get some That's pizza. Fine. here in the first place. Thanks, Doogie. Check out the scoop boys. at scorenorth.com. I guess we'll let Mackie back in on it after this if we have to. You're listening to the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Scorenorth.com. Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. It's at S-K-O-R North. And we'll be back right after this. The draft. All right, let's go. It's NFL Draft Night on Score North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. All right, welcome back, Phil Mackey. Thanks for uh, Doogie joining us here in studio. Judd Zolgad and uh, confused Judd Zolgad and Matthew Collar. 
There's been a trade, and I'd like to know the parameters oh, of said oh, trade. Wow. Okay, I, hold on a second. Yep. Trade alert. We have a trade in the NFL draft. Oh, my. That's that right. Extremely aggressive. We have a trade alert. It looks like the Steelers have acquired the 10th overall pick from the Denver Broncos, which means uh, they are now on the clock and the pick is in. Steelers really need defense. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised okay. if they decided they really love someone on the defensive side. And again, this is great for the Vikings if they do decide to go on the defensive side because no offensive linemen have been taken yet. It's a little bit surprising to me that no one picked Jawan Taylor and we're getting in the hot zone for offensive line with the Bengals, the Packers coming up, the Dolphins coming up. <laughs> in fact, Goodell's going to the podium right now. The Broncos have traded the 10th pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. For Pittsburgh's pick, please welcome back to the stage 1979 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, Hall of Famer and Steeler legend, Joe Green. Thank you, thank you. With the 10th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Devin Bush. <laughs> Football. It is. And now uh, both uh, both Devons are off the board here in the first round, and the Cincinnati Bengals, Matthew Collar, are on the clock. And this could be where we see some offensive line. The Cincinnati Bengals have a pathetic offensive line. Cordy Glenn was good for a little while with the Bills. He wasn't so great last year with Cincinnati. Aside from him, though, even if we go on him being decent, they drafted Billy Price as their center last year. He struggled big time, so I'm not entirely sold on him. The rest of the offensive line is wide open, uh, and they have Bobby Hart as their right tackle, who is one of the worst tackles in the NFL. So I would not be surprised at all if next is either Jonah Williams or Jawan Taylor uh, or someone like that. But uh, Denver uh, trading the pick and then more defense here is just great for the Minnesota Vikings. His suit looks like yeah. an escape artist <laughs> who just wiggled his way out of a straitjacket. That's not a sh- uh, shoulder brace? No. That's, oh, I thought uh, like broke his that's collarbone. A fa- that's a fashion statement. He's going with the no undershirt at all bare-chested look with some sort of a black sport coat and what looks to be half of a straitjacket. That's hot. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's hot. Really? It is, uh, no. Uh, okay, good. But he, he also has this, this sleeveless hooded sweatshirt <laughs> in his profile. He's a stylish who guy. Who designs that, though? Like, who who do you go to who's like, I'm going to dress you up for the draft? You're like, that's fantastic. W- wearing what? Yeah, they didn't have those I, at Target last time I went shopping for I think, shirts. I so. think it was Mina Kimes from ESPN. I saw her tweet earlier when they were doing the whole red carpet thing, and they showed what Devin Bush was wearing. Or Devin White. This is Devin White, right? Devin White. Devin yeah. White. This, yeah, De- yeah, Devin um, Bush now. Uh, this, this is Devin Bush. And, and she said somewhere there is a 60-year-old white NFL executive who's like, did he get hurt? <laughs> <laughs> So it looks like he's wearing a harness or a brace of some sort. So the, this trade is the tenth pick goes uh, to the Steelers. The Steelers then send a Denver pick twenty fifty two and a twenty twenty third round pick. Interesting. So uh, just just to to recap here, I know you guys have been. Uh, I mean this this has been a wonderful scenario for the Minnesota Vikings. Jonah Williams is still on the board. Garrett Bradbury is still on the board for the Vikings. Hawkinson came off, but Andre Dillard and Cody Ford 
all four of potentially the, the offensive linemen that you would think the Vikings have their eye on are all still on the board as we go to the 11th overall pick. Well, something interesting here is just the price that was paid 20 and 52 if the Vikings do want to move back, which I, I think if you've got Jonah Williams there or Garrett Bradbury or Andre Dillard, you just take them and you don't worry about trading back. If it's those offensive linemen, if they magically go off the board here in these next few picks, then you do have that conversation. But to be able to get a second round pick also to move down for the Broncos, it's kind of indicative of what the Vikings might be able to get if they decided to move back. If someone got desperate for a certain pick, that they would be able to grab that extra second. And I think in this draft, that would be a great idea. Boy, uh, who do you, who do you guys think are the most desperate teams right now? Is there a team right now that boy Haskins is sort of falling and like what, who are the most likely teams to panic and trade up right now? Do you think mm. to trade up to the Viking spot? I would say to, just in the next or, ten or right picks. now. Yeah, okay. In the next say, ten picks. DC franchise. Uh, yeah, I would say that's who I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, they're yeah they're definitely Washington, a panic team. <laughs> and I think Washington's going to take a quarterback to uh, to apprentice for a few weeks at least behind Keenum, and then eventually take that job. By the way, what what but just happened there? Real quick, need to, the guys. Bengals pick is in, and we're going to go back to the pony in a second. I think to answer Rami's question from like an hour and a half ago, mm-hmm. why do teams take the whole ten minutes, especially number one overall? And I've heard before. Teams like the 10 minutes of national TV attention on their franchise, yeah, sure. which is precisely why the Bengals ripped off their pick in three minutes. They're like, <laughs> actually, we're good. Not, uh, we don't need people yeah, talking about us. That's usually not a good yeah, thing. Just, uh, well, just nothing to see here. Just move along. Back to your question, Phil, when you asked who, who might be desperate here, I would say that the Giants should be desperate. But they don't really seem to have any urgency right now, and they already reached for their quarterback, so I don't think they really see a need to move up for for a quarterback at this point, obviously. I'm with with Collar. The most desperate team on the board right now has got to be the Redskins. Maybe the Texans, because they're probably feeling the heat of a couple of seasons that have fallen short of expectations and feel like they need to do something. But if if you're the uh, Redskins, who's in front of you right now among the four teams upcoming with picks? Who's going to take a quarterback? Miami. Cincinnati is definitely not taking a quarterback. Green They're taking not. offensive line for sure. Green, Dolphins Green might. Bay could yeah. be Noah Fant. And it could also be offensive line. Atlanta's not. The, po- the, point, being, yeah. the point being is they probably Washington can probably, they probably afford stay. To, to stay. <laughs> All right, let's go here back to the podium Goodell. here in Nashville. Roger Goodell. With the 11th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jonah Williams. Yeah. Tackle. Their offensive line is Alabama. an absolute disaster, so Football. I'm not surprised to see him go off the board. That would have been, to me, that would have been the dream pick for the Vikings, would have been Jonah Williams. But as we got closer and closer, I, I think it became more obvious that his arms not being stupendously long was not going to be that big of an influence because he's a really good player. That was a Sharif Floyd issue. But but, but this is where this is where it could get hairy for the Vikings with offensive line because the Packers need linemen, the Dolphins need everything. <laughs> I would say the Falcons need offensive linemen too. Washington could be a quarterback but might not be if they're not sold on anybody here. Carolina needs offensive linemen. The Giants need offensive linemen. This could be your run that could maybe force the Vikings to consider trying to move up a space or two here. If you were going to, uh, and in Spielman's shoes, try and move up, what pick would you go after right now, mm. realistically, to try to get at? Well, I mean, it depends on how sold you are on Jawan Taylor, who now is, to me, the best offensive lineman here, or Andre Dillard. 
And if you're kind of a toss-up between those guys and Garrett Bradbury, you might you might only have to move up a spot or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you could see four out of these teams or five out of these teams thinking at least having it go through their mind offensive line, and that's where it gets really interesting. Carolina, I mean, they lost superstar Matt Khalil as their left tackle. It was real sad. D- Daryl Williams came back on a one-year deal. Like they, They've got uncertainty there. They lost Ryan Khalil, who's a great player, to retirement. That could be a Garrett Bradbury pick. You might have to trade up to maybe 15 with Washington to be sure that you were going to get one of your guys. I'd be tempted. Uh, this is, man, this is this could start. This could start a roll of offensive line. I'd give it some real thought, wouldn't you? I would think I, about I would. it. Like it's gotten, would, yeah. it's gotten close enough to you where I don't think you would have to do something incredibly stupid. It would cost you, but it wouldn't be a complete leap of faith. I'd think about it. I'd explore it and see what it would cost me. I'm I haven't been there with you most of most of the time no, that you you've been suggesting this, Judd. But I, I haven't closed a door on it either, and I'd be open to it at this yeah, point. Like you is, said, sorry to interrupt. I mean, the, no, the, go ahead. The, the thing is. You know, we don't know what their what their board looks like, the Vikings. But my content, my I guess my except uh, that it's digital and fancy, and that's cool. true. It's better yeah. than those like magnets that they used to have. Uh, Wash your mouth, right? Right? Those I miss those great, those but it's magnets. a pain in the ass to have to place those magnets. Um, <laughs> if you're tr- if you're trading up and you're sacrificing volume of picks later in the draft, I need you to be ninety five percent sure on the offensive lineman because a lot of these are sort of coin flips. A lot of these are. Maybe a sixty to seventy percent chance that they pan out, and if I'm giving up picks later in the draft for a coin flip guy in the uh, top fifteen, um, I need to be very much sure. If I'm if I'm sort of on the fence between two or three different offensive linemen, I'm certainly not trading. Well, let's play this out. Let's say that Juwan Taylor, Andre Dillard, Garrett Bradbury, that they all go before the Vikings. Then you're in a position, though, to get Christian Wilkins, yes. who is a plug and play. And also, the other thing about Christian Wilkins that I really like is I always go under the category of you don't know these people very well and characters hard to figure out, but this is an A-plus character player that would fit perfectly with the culture of the Vikings defense and fill an immediate need. You'd also have Noah Fant there. You'd also have Marquise Brown there. I mean, you could add potential weapon, a potential defensive starter at at that spot. So that's the argument for not trading back would be... How good is Noah Fant? That That's a really hard thing to, to figure ends. out. That's a really hard thing to say, for sure. Um, Hawkinson, is he anywhere in the area code of that? Well, his ceiling is a star. I mean, it's a pro bowler. It's okay. Eric Ebron playing for the Colts, not the Detroit Lions. It's a freak <laughs> athlete who is a really difficult matchup and maybe not the best blocker in the world, but he could be absolutely tremendous. He had some drop issues. I don't know if those will carry over or not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, the mismatch thing, can he go up and get it? But he was a guy that really interestingly lined up in the slot quite a bit. And if you <laughs> imagine they want to run the ball more, get the more mismatches for play action, being able to line up in the slot would be a, a real huge advantage right away. So he's, he's, he's uh, to me, an intriguing high-ceiling guy that is not as much of a sure thing as Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 on Matthew's side here. Honestly, like, if if you have a chance to take a non-offensive lineman because there's a run on offensive lineman, and it and it's a franchise changing tight end or a franchise changing defensive player. Then I get an offensive line. Now I'm in the second round, third round offensive line business. And if it means taking offensive linemen in both the second and the third rounds, awesome. What if you can add two picks and still get an offensive lineman that you had your eye on at 23 or a little later in the first round? Is that is does is that appealing to you? If I if I could trade back, you're saying trade back. 
Yeah. If, and still get one of the offensive linemen who you had targeted. I think I'm at a point now where I'm just not trading up. Okay. I'm open for business on nine offensive linemen. There. I would I would think if a run starts and there's still one there that I love, I gotta think about going up. Because you're not you're not in that top ten now where it would cost you a ton. It would cost you, but I think it would be really worth exploring if you're convinced that that player that you get is going to make a difference from day one. Yeah. I've got some uh, good and bad news on the Packers. The good news is they're not taking an offensive lineman. The bad news is that they're making the Vikings offensive line um, Uh-oh. be a little more challenged. Defense, so they've, huh? they've already signed two pass rushers, and now they're going Can to I sign... Can I guess? Yeah. It is Brian Burns from Florida State. It's not. It's okay. going to be Rashawn Gary from Michigan who could play either inside or outside. And they're creating kind of a versatile defensive pass rush here. <laughs> but that means there could be now offensive linemen on the board. It's a long walk, man. With the 12th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Rashawn Gary, linebacker, Michigan. Football. Super high ceiling guy, but a little bit of a surprise pick because he's got a torn labrum, I believe. And the other thing is, too, that... Is that him? He's a freak... Yeah, that's him, I think. It's a, He's a freakish athlete that sometimes didn't give 110. Um when you watch, I watched one of his games against Notre Dame, and early in the game, it was like, is this guy playing? And then later on, he sort of turned it on a bit, but that's been some of the criticism of him. Uh, if he turns out, though, he's one of the best athletes on a defensive line. He could be like a Sheldon Richardson, potentially. If I'm the uh, Vikings, though, I absolutely love this. You, you, right. you, love, you love I the, love the pick. Yeah. I, love, I love the Packers' decision to, to bypass offensive line and to take a guy who could be good. Um, say that. Be, say that again, though. If it's like Riley Reef getting smoked off the edge, no. By but him if or I, he's going to anyway, no. By but, if, Smith. But, but if this, <laughs> but if this allows me to improve the left side of, of my line, I think Riley Reef takes a step forward based on the fact that if he has the proper help on that side as well. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to say that this is going to be a oh huge God. transformation. They just showed a highlight of him literally sprinting. With no move whatsoever, sprinting oh, yeah. past a left tackle. And, and that's and that's him. And that was why he was kind of interesting to me for the Vikings because he he runs like a four four and he's massive. It might not be quite that quick, but he's massive and strong and could be an edge or inside. It's just that he's not very refined and there's a little bit of uncertainty on how badly he wants it. But this if he turns out though, this is a star level player to go along with Zadarius Smith, who's the best player nobody knows about that the Packers got, and then Preston Smith, too. It's a, a little bit concerning for the Vikings team that doesn't have a great offensive line, no matter who they pick tonight, that they've got more pass-rushing ability now. What is more his natural position, a defensive end or an edge rusher in a 3-4? I think it's probably a 3-4 defensive end would make sense for him because he can be moved inside. He's kind of like... Um, the guy from Pittsburgh, Casey Hayward, mm-hmm. where he's in that 280-pound range, where if he was playing a 4-3, he'd be a defensive tackle, but instead he can line up all over the defensive line. And at Michigan, he did. He lined up outside, he lined up inside. I so, ask that because Mike Pettin, their defensive coordinator, he he comes from the Bill Belichick school of defense, which is 
we don't really have a system. Yeah. Not that he changes it week to week like Bill Belichick does, but he goes into a season, he looks at the roster and the guys who he has at his disposal, and then he'll sort of put together a system and a scheme based around that. So who they draft and who they've gotten in free agency is very much going to dictate how Mike Pettin lines up his defense and yeah, calls well, plays. And that's the crazy thing is Preston Smith is an outside rusher. He's going to be a linebacker, I think. But Zadarius Smith is another 3-4 type defensive end. So now when you have the the Mike Daniels and these two guys, if Gary works out at all, I mean, you're talking about a Packers defense that looks a hell of a lot different than it did just last year. Uh, gentlemen, I think we should clear the way because we're, we're home stretch time here for the Vikings. The Vikings pick is in five more picks. The Dolphins are on the clock right now with about four minutes to go, and there's all kinds of intriguing offensive linemen still on the board. So let's squeeze in a quick break right here. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special. Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and we are live on scorenorth.com, the Scornorth mobile app. Also, video streaming on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Thank you for joining us, and we are here for the long run tonight, and we can open up phone lines as we get uh, closer here. I mean, phone lines are open right now, but we'll turn it into vent line if we have to. 651-646-8255. It's Purple Daily Live Draft Special on the all-new Score North. Draft. All right, let's go. It's NFL Draft Night on Score North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Yeah, it is, big voice guy. It's also on scorenorth.com, the Score North <laughs> mobile app, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. There was a pick during the break there. It was the Miami Dolphins at number 13, selecting defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, who then nearly took out Roger Goodell on stage. Amazing. He tried to do the uh, like the jumping shoulder bump. Yeah, which, with Roger Goodell, and Roger Goodell did not know that was coming. Goodell's a big dude, but like there, there's a 100 plus pound difference between those two guys. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't want to jumping shoulder bump you, dude. You're gonna, you're gonna kill me. Goodell is, is going to be in some serious pain come the uh, AM. And now the, he's gonna uh, wake up, be like, "Darn it, my shoulder!" I was gonna say the Falcons are on the clock, but the pick is in for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll wait for Roger Goodell to get to the podium. But you were saying, Collar, while we wait for that. You're a big Christian Wilkins guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think he is one of the highest character players in this draft, if not the highest. He is, uh, compared to Gerald McCoy, he is the complete package. Like 315 pounds, so he's uh, a lot to handle, but also can rush the passer, can stuff the Ooh, run. They just showed him catch a Great pass competitor. Yeah, so he can, he can Ooh, go deep and catch boy. passes. He, he really is like the high IQ player. If he would have gone to the Vikings... I don't think you would have been mad about it, even though it's not an offensive lineman, because he would just be a perfect fit. Now he goes to a team that is going to be pretty bad who, probably this year in who, Miami. Which defensive player is Zim right now trying to politic Spielman to take? <laughs> there are two of them. Uh, Brian Burns, the edge rusher from Florida State, has that lanky, quick sort of, is he an outside linebacker or is he a defensive end because he's such an athletic freak? He'd almost be like a chess piece on the defensive side. Um, that would be fascinating, I'm sure, to Mike Zimmer. And then Greedy Williams, the lanky six foot one, four three running uh, cornerback out of LSU. Those are probably the two guys um, who he would be most interested in. And then I mean, it's not a 2019 pick, but Jeffrey Simmons is a top five talent in this draft who is only not being taken in the top five because he has a torn ACL. 
So you might not play this year, which would be... <laughs> okay, stop. You can stop right there. Really, I know. It would make uh, Vikings fans freak out, but I, it's in the conversation because he is an incredibly talented Greedy player. Williams, a cornerback. Yeah. How tempted, if it gets to the Vikings and he's there, is there any temptation on your part? Because you talked about him a couple days ago I when mean, we were previewing things. Yes, but where we sit right now, I mean, you've only got 14, 15, 16, 17 left before the Vikings. Taylor... Dillard, Bradbury, these guys are all on the board still. I think one of them will be there when they pick, and if they are, they have to take the offensive lineman. Falcons, Roger Goodell, Nashville, now. 14th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Chris Lindstrom. Guard, Whoa, okay. Football. Wow, that's really surprising. Right. That's a Vikings name off the board, and now the Washington Redskins with the 15th overall pick are on the clock, followed by Carolina, the New York Giants, and the Minnesota Vikings at 18. I saw Chris Lindstrom as a fit for the Minnesota Vikings. He's a tremendous athlete. They run the outside zone as well, and he, I bet, was one of the targets for the Vikings. But, wow, that, that is a really high pick. Mel Kuyper had this one. Mel Kuyper had him really? as one of the most talented players in this draft, where most other people had him as a fringe bottom first, early second. Um, his athleticism clearly was a big part of this decision for the Falcons and the system they run because they took him extremely high. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i looking at the consensus big board, and they have him at 34. Yeah, yep. And uh, the even I had to scroll down quite a bit. What I'm using here is the simulator machine just to keep track of the picks. And who's available? Football. And I had to scroll. Down. I know, but I had to scroll down quite a bit just to get to his name because he was projected by the draft network as a second round pick. He was someone that we even talked about as being maybe you wait for him in the second, and or maybe a guy who you can well, trade down and still yeah. get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here he is at fourteen. It's good news though. If yes. you're the Vikings, yes. this is great. Jawan Taylor making it this far is a bit of a surprise. Dillard. Bradbury, there's almost no way that one of them isn't there now. There's only three picks before the Vikings. Did you say do you have a do you have a consensus big board? Does somebody have a consensus? I'm big looking board? at it right now. Okay, yeah. who are uh, give us the players and their rankings and what it, what's what does this what's the consensus big board comprised of? How many different in terms of the guys who are still available? Well, two part thing. Okay, how do we come up with the consensus big board? Is it all of the Kuipers and the McShays? This and... is this is uh, the Athletic put this one together and it is comprised of sixty. Different boards, okay. So sixty different mock drafts. So who are the best players available, and what are their rankings? Uh, let's take a look here. Montez Sweat. Did he? He didn't get picked no, yet. No, did he? Not. Yeah, they nope. have him. I think he's the highest ranked guy left on the big board. Yeah. Actually, Brian Burns. No, Brian Burns got taken. Did he not? No, he didn't. Brian Burns is the highest ranked guy on the big board. They have him at number six as the sixth best player in this draft. After that, you go down to Montez Sweat. He's number 10. Uh, Juwan Taylor, he's number 11. Collar has been talking about him a ton. Real quick, let's mm-hmm. go back to Burns for a second, right. okay? Uh, this this is where I'm at on this. Let's say another offensive lineman comes off the board. Let's say let's say Dillard is your... is your. You had three favorite offensive linemen on the board. Two of them are gone, and Dillard goes yeah. next. And now, and now you're getting to your second tier of offensive linemen if that's how your board plays out. That's where, like, if I have a non-offensive lineman and it matches up with this and he's sixth, I have to pull the trigger on that. Yeah. I have to pull the trigger on that. So the crazy thing about Brian Burns is that he is kind of like an Anthony Barr where he is 250 pounds, but he runs a 4 5 3, 40. 
and he was catching passes on those drills uh, at the NFL Combine like he was a linebacker or a safety. (laughs) I mean, this would be like having two Anthony Barrs if they were able to have him. And I'm looking at a website that compares athletic profiles, height, wingspan, speed, all those things. I know. His compares to Daniil Hunter because of the wingspan, the height, the freakish speed and quickness. Oh man! I mean, it would be really hard to pass up on this guy for an offensive lineman. But you are—you're now three picks, and and Washington's up next. And I'm guessing that if anybody stops uh, Haskins' fall, it's going to be, be them. them. Yeah. So you are almost certainly now going to have a top-notch O-line guy available to you. Yeah, and and I don't know how that, I don't know how you say no. Now, now if it's not a top guy, then yes. But if it's a top guy. I think so, you got to do it. What's interesting about Jawan Taylor, though, is he is a pure right tackle. Like That's what he's always played. He is not a left tackle. And that might be why he wasn't drafted a little higher. He's just a dominant right tackle. And in my mind, in 2019, no, right. doesn't matter. Right tackle is important. Left tackle is important. Take him. Then you slide Brian O'Neill over to left tackle where he played in college, and you move Riley Reef over to guard. That's something they could do if Jawan Taylor is there. He's been talked about as the most talented offensive lineman, but just doesn't quite have the value because he's at right tackle. That could be a big-time so steal. O'Neal switching, though, how smooth and how quickly could you make that oh, transition can. without yeah. it being a problem? No, he was a left tackle in college, and I remember watching him face Bradley Chubb in college was the tape that I watched with our buddy Brandon Thorne, yep. uh, who studies offensive linemen. And he's very comfortable at left tackle. I think that that's what they would do if they drafted Juwan Taylor, assuming that he was good to go. But he is—he's a vicious player. Like he's—he's he's got the athleticism and all that, but Taylor, also, yeah, okay. but also like just a, a mean mentality that you're looking for that puts him over the top compared to some of these other guys. And if he ends up being there, I think he is probably the pick. But Dillard, Bradbury, both would be very good selections. Two things real quick here. Uh, well, Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and you're listening to Score North on AM 1500 KSTP, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Putting you on the spot a little bit here, but what do you think are the are the three top names from your perspective? You don't know what Rick Spielman thinks, but or maybe you do. Mm-hmm. But Matthew Collar, the three top names right now, if you're sitting there at number 18 and, and we're three picks away that you've got, you're eyeing up. <laughs> um, boy, there could be five here. Uh, this is shaping up beautifully. They could trade down if they wanted to. Taylor is number one. Dillard is number two. Burns is number three for me. Noah Fant right there. Montez Sweat. But if you're just asking me to give the three, it's probably Jawan Taylor, Andre Dillard, Brian Burns, but Fant and Bradbury are going to be there, and I know what the pick is now, and it's this is just shaping up wonderfully for the Vikings. This couldn't so, be better for them. So as you heard, uh, whenever you hear the Rick Spielman laugh, that means a pick is in, and when you hear the second one, we're going to go to the podium here in just a second to get Washington's pick, but just to preserve <laughs> the suspense, well, actually, no, let's go to Nashville. Here's Washington's pick from Roger Goodell. With the 15th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State. Wow. Wow. I I bet they're thrilled they didn't have to trade up and maybe a little surprised that they didn't. So they have, let me, I mean, not that it really matters that much, but don't they have like $40 million tied up in quarterbacks right now? There's nothing. Temporary contracts. Yeah, there's nothing they could do about Alex Smith. Smith's hurt. 
he's probably done, but he's yeah. still going to cost against their cap, even if he's hurt. And Keenum, was it eight, 18 million for Keenum this year? Yeah, but they can move on from him in a snap. Yeah, uh, it's so, just kind of hilarious. Ha- gonna... Haskins probably sits a year. He only played one year in college, so he needs more experience. And so now the, the question becomes who starts for Washington at U.S. Bank Stadium it'll when be they Case come Keenum. here Case on Keenum. Thursday night yeah, game? I think it'll, it'll, be, be it'll be Keenum. Hope so. Be more fun. I mean, either way, I think it's going to be but a good the, day for this them. This is just, I mean, if you're the Vikings room, I don't know if they have a camera on that on NFL Network right now, but they've got to be just jumping through the roof at this moment to see how this is played out with Lindstrom, a guy who might not have been that as high on their board, and Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback. And we talked about the more quarterbacks that go, the better it is for the Vikings. Well, there's three of them. And now, even if these next two teams take the tackles, Juwan Taylor and Andre Dillard, very possible, then you have Brian Burns, an elite defensive prospect, Noah Fant, Cody Ford, Greedy Williams, Garrett Bradbury, DK Metcalf even, Nikhil Harry is another wide receiver. I mean, just the world is yours at this 18th pick. Yeah, you should be able to get a player who you wanted. They won't be settling for whoever they pick here at 18. Yep. I yep. feel like I would call right now, I would call the Giants, I would call the Packers and Falcons and say thank you. Because oh, to, sure. to me, those three teams have I triggered. I you were going to say you were going to call them and see if they want to trade no, up. No, 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 no. has changed course. I think f- with those three teams and the Giants started this, I think they have started on a course to drop. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.